Gorge. I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because <laughs> Rod and Karen are hot. <laughs> hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we're live on a Tuesday, ready to do some podcasting. We are. Uh, the official weapon of the show is the, the folding chair, the unofficial oh, sport. My bad. I didn't realize it was officially changed. I think we got to change it. <laughs> I, I don't make want to make it a rash decision, but I feel like... It's the folding chair, Karen. I think the people have spoken. Maybe that'll be the poll, but I think folding chair over taser. What? Did you, anyway, we'll see. Yeah, that, that'll be the poll. I'll we'll see, make it the poll. Yeah, I wasn't ready, y'all. So when he's, he, he switched it up on me out the blue. Well, it's only been a couple thousand episodes. It's going to take a while to, to, to change. Right, because it's glued in my mind. It's glued in my head so much. Yeah, so we'll let people judge it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so um, don't forget live show tickets in your show notes wherever you're listening to this Blumenthal Center for Performing Arts the Blackout Tips Live September 9th 3pm it's a Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. we'd love you to come out mm-hmm. we'd love for you to watch it virtually mm-hmm. it helps us out we we sold over 100 tickets so far Yay. you know we got a little less than a month till the show but I mean that's pretty good I mm-hmm. think you know, uh, y'all are showing up and showing out, and that's why we love y'all, and that's why we appreciate y'all. You know, we, we're a little engine that could, and y'all are helping us, you know, get over that hump. So hopefully uh, the momentum doesn't slow down. People keep buying tickets, and, you know, we'll sell enough to, to at least make a, uh, you know, to make an impact to the point where they're like, hey, let's keep doing these things. Yeah, because uh, every day Roger uh, forwards me to email, and, like, literally every day, for both of them, for the virtual and in person, it overnight. We sell a couple, you mm-hmm. know. It's, it's, we're not, you know, this huge show where we got like this huge influx and all that stuff. But we we sell a couple, and it, that's just what it takes. And mm-hmm. uh, thank y'all for for buying tickets, and uh, we appreciate y'all. Um, all right, I've, uh, yes, go uh, ahead. I say before we uh, 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 go any further, uh, I made a statement yesterday about uh big lip baboons and i want to make an apology to the baboons uh i apologize to you baboons is 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 insulting your intelligence mm-hmm. uh for for what i said but the rest of it i meant mm-hmm. I okay meant, i meant every other word about the ash and niggas okay all right sounds that's that sounds reasonable to me um all right let's get into the show uh there's plenty of stuff to talk about plenty of news I think we'll just start with some regular news up front. Sorry, that's the new. That's the new news. I'm new music. That's what those baboons is thinking. <laughs> right. That was like, I ain't got nothing to do with them ashy niggas. 
All right, so plenty of news to talk about, you know, because we talked about Beyonce and we had Chris on, so we didn't get to Yay! cover a lot of news. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think the biggest story right now, well, shit, actually it's not the biggest story, which says something, but the story we didn't get to talk about the most is uh, the Hawaii wildfires. Yes, that is absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, though. There's a couple things about it that I wanted to bring up. The first being, obviously, tragic. I I mean, someone hit me up on, like, a direct message to be like, you know, hey, or tag me to something like, you're going to talk about this. I honestly don't even know what the fuck to say. It's like Mm -hmm. any natural disaster where um, it's not really something, like, we can solve with our podcast. It's not an awareness issue because everybody knows this is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, you know, charities and stuff people can give to, but Mm -hmm. in general, um, especially with tragedies of this proportion, um, there's, I don't have like some unique angle to add or perspective. Um, and I've always found Hawaii to be a little confusing because one thing it's highlighting is that there's a lot of people who live in Hawaii who don't like all this tourism and right travel and stuff Mm -hmm. and so while some people would think oh traveling there is what puts dollars in the economy that makes it people are like no we live here that's not what it is definitely don't come here now um it's gonna take years to rebuild this stuff lives have been lost Mm -hmm. potentially uh hundreds up to a thousand maybe a thousand or so lives and I'll tell you the thing I find interesting is not just the the life and death and the tragedy of it and the stories. Like you can, li- I listened to uh, the Daily talked about it, and mm-hmm. um, you know, anytime there's a tragedy like this, is it's bad. You know, like there's no way around it. But I think, at least from my perspective, the thing I've been the most frightened and fascinated by is the um, conspiracy theories that have that have come out of uh social media and i mean it on like both sides like you got your QAnon theories and your blue anon theory shout out to my girl bossy who said that in the chat um so the QAnon ones i think those those will be easy for our audience to to go through because they're ones that we can like clearly debunk and laugh at because we don't share the right wing fantasies of these people right but like one of them is that it's literally a the like the Jewish space laser type thing. Yes, yes, that's not a joke. They think a laser beam or directed energy weapon um, has like there's videos and images that are claiming that's what happened. It's not a natural disaster. One video has been viewed ten million times. It claims to show a large explosion in Maui just before the fires, but the video was originally a viral clip shared in a TikTok in May showing a transformer explosion in Chile. Not even the same thing. The fuck? Chilean TV network, Chile Vision, Chile Vision, I guess, ran a report on the viral um, uh, on the viral transformer caused by strong wind. An image of a church on fire in Hawaii has been viewed 9 million times. That claims to show a laser beam striking it. But it's been digitally altered. The original image of the Waialea Church of Lahaina in flames on August 8th has no laser beam or ray of visible light. 
Two other false images have been racking up huge numbers of views. One shows a fireball and a bright streak of light rising up towards the night sky. It too has been accompanied by claims that wildfires are not a natural phenomenon. But a search on the internet for previous versions of this image reveals the photo shows a controlled burn at an Ohio oil refinery that was first posted in January 2018. Yeah, and and that's the shit that, like you say, is is very frightening for the fact that people actually believe those things, and a lot of this <laughs> is not trying funny. A lot of this is decades in the making. Because global warming is real. Everything's getting dry and drier. You know, all it call, all it needs is a little spark and the shit can just run rampant. And when you actually point it out, like a lot of this shit is probably man-made. Every, you know, human beings want to blame everybody but themselves. Confirmation bias is so effective because mm-hmm. some shit that you want to believe you'll just believe right like it doesn't really Without matter checking facts it's like i want to believe it and those people on that side want to believe it's a conspiracy of jewish people or or something some shady nefarious government organization and people will believe it um and so that's one side of this thing that i find is wow people are saying it's trees that are standing uh, so it must not be a real fire because some of the trees are still standing and the houses and vehicles have been burned. So clearly they've been deliberately setting these fires and all this stuff. Um, Bitch, trees can stand through a fire the fuck. Right. But the ch- the photo that they've been sharing, the community notes on Twitter, fe- that feature that they put like, you know, context, context around it. Um clearly shows burnt vegetation along with some still standing palm trees some plants known as pyrophytes have adapted to survive wildfires due to thermal insulation and other means also hawaii is like a volcanic it's an island right formed from volcanoes it will make sense that millions of years of evolution maybe some of the plants and life there is adjusted to the idea that hey it, it might burn sometimes here correct People are saying it's an elite land grab, meaning the elites burned out all the poor people so they could take the valuable land and now they'll gentrify it and rich inhabitants that live there will build second homes and all this type of stuff. Um, One viral video includes claims by a podcaster that native land owners in Maui have refused to sell land to investment management companies and rich locals. He notes the false directed energy weapon rumors before going on to speculate that there might be something to them because news outlets have called the rumors conspiracy theories. Another viral thread seen 10 million times on Twitter uh, that frequently spreads false information debunked by community notes. It, of course, Elon Musk will never take off these accounts. Remember, this is freedom of speech to him. Mm-hmm. It includes a list of wealthy people who purportedly own property on Maui, a video including aerial footage of Lahaina, and claims that a pattern of destruction is suspicious. The cause or causes of the fires on Maui are still unknown, but no evidence has emerged to suggest that they were deliberately started as part of a land grab. Um so that's those conspiracies. The other one I see, there's a video of a woman who's saying like, hey, I'm here in Hawaii. There's bodies in the street. There's hundreds of people dead. And when you look, turn on the TV, they're saying like 47, 90 something. Like it's going up, but just slower. Right. And she's like, clearly this is like there's some type of media cover up that doesn't want you to know how deadly the fire was. And this is something I'm seeing liberal progressive people share to be like, mm hmm. 
proof that, you know, the government is covering up the extent of the lives lost on purpose, even though if you pay attention to like some of the media reports and some of the press conferences that officials are giving, they're saying the body count is going to continue to go up. That's what they're saying. We're slowly going through the debris. Going through the uh, homes, right. We've only gone through 3% of the debris so far. Because it's a lot. So they found 100 people, dead people, 100 dead bodies in 3% of the debris. Right. I, I can do math. That, that They're saying that number is going to jump up astronomically. But the, th- the, th- the thing about the government reporting deaths you don't just walk down the street and go one, two, three, four. That's not how that works. Mm-mm. You have to identify people's remains. You have to contact their family because, God forbid, you just start counting and saying, and, it's, and don't forget, it's fired. So who knows how the condition of people's bodies. Right. You don't just say, oh, that person must be dead. Uh, they were in this house. You don't know. You really have to do the due diligence. So you can't just say, well, 600 people, give or take. It because one, it comes off callous. Another thing I saw a lot of liberal people sharing, and this was a horseshoe theory thing. It was the liberal people and the conservative people. There was a, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden was like, I forget where he was at, like at a beach or something, and like, or you know, like exercising or some shit, like not in his official capacity of like doing a press conference. Mm-hmm. And someone who works for a right wing website that is constantly attacking the president has made up a lot of sh- stories mm-hmm. claimed to have over that he heard someone tell he someone told him who oh and that person overheard someone else ask joe biden about hawaii and he said no comment and you could see the the amount of like people that ate that up confirmation bias they want to believe he doesn't care they want to believe he as much as this man right stops everything in his tracks when there's a tragedy to you know and talks about his own losing his own child like mm-hmm. if anything like he'll stop to be like to 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 relate to somebody's grief on on a level that sometimes is actually a bit inconvenient when he does it but mm-hmm. he does that right and but People shared it, especially people that attack the president constantly, liberal or right wing. And then come to find out, once again, the source can't be confirmed. Right. They don't know. Who, they don't even know if if he was asked about it or if he said it. Just secondhand, thirdhand information. People deleting tweets. Hey, I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. But you can imagine if it's like mm-hmm. you want this to be true. Right. And I think that's one of my that's one of the the biggest fears and concerns I have about the world is just this thing is tragic enough by itself. We don't even have to add anything. No, we don't. We don't need this, you know, and I don't care if you're right wing, left wing, whatever the fuck we're losing the idea of the humanity that was lost here. We're losing the idea, the empathy of just the tragedy. We're losing the idea of how we can help because we're turning it into it's the shady jews it's the conspiracy theory of the you know it's the elites it's the uh it's joe biden don't care the government cover-up it's everything except a tragedy right and it is very frustrating yes it is very frustrating Sorry, i know how you i knew you was gonna say it (laughs) everybody take a shot (laughs) take a shot and for me it makes me upset because it it all goes back to the foundational thing that we kind of harp on is voting 
And the reason why I say this is because everybody shits on the federal government. Everybody shits on, particularly here in America, shits on their taxes going up. Everybody constantly has something to say. And I understand this country isn't perfect, but no country is perfect. But you know what? When tragedies like this happen, what do you expect? The fucking government to come in and do their goddamn job. Count the bodies, clear it out, you know, help people rebuild, you know, and, and, and those types of things. That's what you expect the federal government to do but we have a lot of people in office their whole thing is to consistently and constantly defund the government to the point to where when shit like this happened there's going to be nobody to go to because the states can only do but so much at some period of time the collective federal government has got to motherfucking step in there's no if ands or buts uh, well, about you it. know this is also a holdover and this is one of the things about trump that was so destructive and i'm just I will never get over it. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw people going, well, this is just like Puerto Rico and how that was a huge tragedy and there was undercounting of deaths and and the death toll and stuff. And I'm like, I, 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 I fit, there was probably, mm-hmm. you know, I've read articles that said there was, but we know why there was. Right. We know why. And, the guy who was in charge and then puts grifters in charge of things that are vital to uh, the way the country is supposed to work. Right. You know, putting oil barons in charge of the EPA type of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still remember them bidding out uh, aid contracts to Puerto Rico and then one of the people being a woman from Atlanta that had never done anything like this before, she just bid lower than everybody. And they wasted all that fucking money because she couldn't do the goddamn job. Right. They, they were grifters and thieves. And the legacy of letting these criminals be in charge is that we will forever now validate the way that they came in the office, which is by saying, oh, the government doesn't work. It's all a sham. It's bullshit. None of these things work for you. They're all screwing you over. And then they went and did it. Yes, they, they went and did it. And now we're right. like, yeah, they were right. That's what the government does. It's like, no, no, that's what the government does when you let those kind of people be in charge. Correct. Correct. You know, like I think I, I just think they won in that way they it's something i fight against in my mind and on this show a lot i talk about wanting to be in reality and not mm-hmm. just in the, the 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 silo of information that i consume and the people's opinions i consume on social media i would like to think for myself i would like to look at facts and then judge for myself i don't want to constantly be told just think like this or you're a fucking bad person hey we're all jumping on this celebrity today better get down with it because I think people are finicky like that. and mm-hmm. But when I saw people trying to compare the two, I was like, fuck, Trump won. Trump won because yes. you are now saying the malfeasance under Trump is just how the government works all the time. And, and I don't know. I feel like those numbers are going to come up. And then we're going to be like, yeah, they were counting bodies. And no one's going to say shit about all the conspiracies that were said on the way to the truth. Yes. And... uh to me those are the things that make me upset because i have lived long enough to know that the government and most people if they're of a certain age know that the government didn't always run like this there was a period of time where not that we quote unquote completely trusted the government 
But there was shit that you expected to work in Tehran as it should. Motherfucker, you take goddamn tax money out of me, my check. I FICA and all that shit come out my check every motherfucking time I get paid. And so I expect the government to run because it's these people with these com- conspiracy theories and all that shit. Yeah, they doing it because it's not happening to them. Bitch, let your motherfucking house burn down and everything you've owned and everything you live for just poof be gone. You're going to demand this shit be done and you're going to be demanded it be done correctly and right. Yeah, it's just like I said, it's just they've, you know, there was a time when you would have a Dr. Fauci was on TV and we and everybody would have been like, Whatever that person's recommending is what they think is best for the country. Right. We're now at a point. It doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. You don't trust the CDC, meaning Trump won. Yes, he did. Trump put, there was a time where he had his cronies in charge and essentially silenced people like Walensky and Fauci and said, y'all better not say shit or I'm going to fire y'all. Let me go put this crank, this black dude that's a surgeon general that know what the fuck he's talking about. Let me put him out here. And now let me tell you to drink some bleach. And what we said was, oh, well, that's just how government works. Clearly, it's all a sham. We should not believe these experts anymore. That is a long-lasting, possibly irreversible moment in history that has us saying shit like this that uh, essentially is i don't it's untenable i don't know how we're going to live like this if we're not even going to trust them to do the job of you know like hey we're going to count the bodies you know you're not you lying you're gonna lie and say it's less bodies why would we do that right i don't know it's for for reasons you can't be trusted you're just doing it um so yeah that you know like i said i, I wish i had more to add but i don't really have anything deep for that mm-hmm. um my heart and just goes out to the yeah. family and things like that because it's, it's just a sad event. Another conspiracy theory, the Montgomery brawl was caused by witches opening portals. There's a um, Facebook post that shows a group of women walking with flowers in their hands, smiling as they approach the Montgomery Riverfront in Alabama, and they tossing petals into the river. Now, the caption to this post, I've seen the video before, and I, the, the caption I saw under the video was, these people did this out of respect to the ancestors because it used to be like a um uh this used to be uh um like a slave port and all this stuff i don't even know if that's true that's the caption i saw at first is what i'm saying okay um but the caption on this post was two hours before the montgomery brawl 30 witches walked to the river to give sacrifices and to burn incense to the ancestral spirits, which opened portals to demonic familiar spirits. As the witches stated, nothing is a coincidence. This definitely explains how the situation escalated the way it did. The video was shared more than 700 times in five days. Um, of course, it's false. What what was the video? It was originally posted by C. Anderson, a psychotherapist and wellness expert who specializes in helping people of color and LGBTQ plus people groups heal from trauma. You know, witches. Anderson's video came from a weekend event she hosted called the Feminine Flow Experience, August fourth through fifth. It supports Black women's physical, mental, and emotional well-being. The event had nothing to do with witchcraft or demon worship. Anderson told USA Today, rather the women walked to the riverfront to honor their ancestors who had been brought there as enslaved people. So that that was right. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, once again, th- this is the fucking world we're living in. Mm-hmm. People just saying shit. 
Just saying shit. And because of confirmation bias, everybody's like, yep, that's what it is. That's the truth. That's how it really and happens. it's on both sides. So, you know, for the people that just think it's on the right, nah, it's on the left too. And even people underneath the side of my voice, uh, you know, some of y'all have fell for it or fi- uh, and stuff like that. Challenge things. When you right. see things, challenge them. If something consistently make you mad, consistently keep you in a rage or sad or depressed, start asking questions, y'all. All right. Um, so then, um, let's see what else is happening. Oh, new, new shit, new shit, new indictment of Donald Trump dropped last night. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Fanny dropped it. Fanny Willis uh, from GA. I've been waiting on her. I listen to hashtag sisters in law hashtag sisters in law. You don't forget the hashtag people was last time I brought up the show. People was like, I can't find it. Hashtag sisters in law is the name of this podcast. And like, they've been talking about the indictments and uh, for a long time, like mm-hmm. even as the ground game was being played and they all have varying opinions. Uh, but they've all kind of come around on, you know, in my opinion, especially on Merrick Garland, they've all kind of come around to like, all right, he's doing this thing. Like, maybe he's doing it more cautious than we would say, but the cautiousness is a good thing because you don't want to fumble the the fucking case. Right. So anyway, um, and I have a point to make about him in a second, but Fannie Willis, she dropped a Rico on Trump. Now, she's the Georgia indictment, the one where they needed people to find votes. The one where they harassed the two women right. that were election workers. Names cleared. Kanye West the, the fucking harassing them. Uh, one of two two black people were part of the eighteen people that got indicted. One of them was the dude that helped, like, uh, um, was part of like R. Kelly's management team and shit. Right. Um, I heard with the Kanye price, it was like a Kanye publicist or somebody that worked for him. Yeah, and R. Kelly's publicist too. Yeah, he worked ah, okay. for both of them. Um, but the point being, um, they have evidence, they have phone calls, they have text messages, like Fanny not playing. And she, throw, she throwing the library at him as a uh, Goldie, uh, put it on. Not the library. <laughs> on she said she didn't, she said she not throwing the book. Goldie Taylor said she, think, she not throwing the book. She, she throwing the library at him. I said, get it Goldie. Uh, but yes, like she like she's not fucking playing Mm -mm. with these motherfuckers um and it's different um than the other even the other cases Mm -hmm. um in recent if the recent federal indictment of donald trump on charges related to his attempt to subvert the 2020 presidential election was a streamlined surgical strike aimed at ensuring a clean case and a speedy trial of the former president before the 2024 election yes that's what jack smith did that's why the indictment is short that's why it's only three counts i believe um and uh that's why he isn't uh trying to uh he he's only listing uh donald trump as the defendant you know like there's a reason it's framed that way like i said listen to sisters in law is such a smart show yeah because they was like we want to get this shit moving we're not trying to fuck around and have it dragged through the courts because you have a you have a timeline right um the election mm-hmm. this this campaign season um it's not their fault that the people that vote for trump don't care but i fucking care i'm american citizen and this I is my tax too. dollars at work yes sir but fanny doing it different this case has 19 defendants 41 charges um 
racketeering charges, RICO, that placed Trump at the center of a vast conspiracy to lie to state officials, pressure election officials to change vote totals, turn in phony slates of fake electors to Congress, influence witness testimony, and gain access to voting machinery and software, all in an effort to turn Trump from an electoral college loser to a second-term president. And although the action in the state complaint occurred primarily in Georgia, the indictment alleges that part of the conspiracy, which included actions of his chief of staff and lawyers, spanned much of the continent from Arizona to Pennsylvania, Wisconsin to Washington. The case will be messy and difficult to manage, especially given Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis's stated intention to try all 19 defendants together. Um, but she don't give a fuck. No, she not with she not with the with with the shits and and uh that uh they were I was uh I think a, a podcast was talking about her and they were basically saying I won't say it was the daily if I'm not mistaken they basically was saying this is her wheelhouse with the Rico and she's done Rico before yeah and they were saying she, she got the fucking um yeah. young thug people yeah she was saying she even um got a Rico specialist to actually work this case with her, like hire somebody else, go, yeah, I know my shit, but you know your shit better than me. Let's get together. Let's go. And she was like, oh, I want to, I want to take that shit to trial, bitch, in six months. Fuck him. And if Mark Meadows' ass is in there snitching like he is for um, Jack Smith and them, it might really be some problems. Okay? Trump gonna be looking around. Nigga! Why hast thou forsaken me? You said you was loyal, but you wasn't. You said you was faithful, but you a lying ass bitch. Um, but the biggest difference in the federal case isn't the number of defendants accounts and indictments about the central role that race is likely to play, not in the federal case, but in the state case. From the race of the prosecutor to focus on black election worker Ruby Freeman to the essential nature of the race baiting bogus voter fraud charges in Georgia that formed Trump's basis for falsely claiming that he was the rightful winner. Yeah, it was all black people. Black people, there's no way black people in Atlanta, in that county, Fulton County, there's no way. It's all fake. Only the black votes, though. The white votes that voted for me, all real, 100%. Nobody check anything. Right. First, expect Trump to attack her, uh, Willis, in especially harsh terms. Yeah, he's already put things on his true social platform. Um... Uh, but yeah, he has a record of being especially hostile towards black women from journalists to Vice President Kamala Harris to Letitia James, who's the New York Attorney General, from uh, who Trump, for no reason, branded a racist after she brought tax charges against his organization. And recently, the judge, that's the district, uh, district court judge that is hearing this federal election interference case, called her highly partisan and very unfair and biased. Um, so yeah, he he's and and like he's pushing the line with a lot of these judges who are saying, "Hey, don't, don't be saying all this shit on your social media." Mm-hmm. I, I, he might end up in jail just yeah, off of just not shutting he, the fuck up right, on social cause, media. Because one of them judges gonna be like, "Bitch, I told you to shut up. We're trying to have a case here. Quit intimidating people. Quit saying shit. I told you just to be quiet." But he can't because he's a narcissist. And one of them gonna said, "I've had enough." Sit your ass in jail until a court case come up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just find it to be interesting, um, all this shit happening. And I'm sorry if I'm... No, I'm not sorry. What mm-hmm. the fuck? I am uh, optimistic about the chances motherfucker serving some time. I Let me be disappointed later, but for right now, right. everybody's on their jobs, on their grind. And this is the point I want to make about Merrick Garland. How dare... These motherfuckers talk about Merrick Garland was dragging his feet 
and then applaud this case and then applaud Jack Smith and then applaud Letitia James. The shit that happened in Georgia happened before January 6th. Mm-hmm. It happened before Trump was withholding those documents. Think about it. Timeline wise, the shit that he did happened in fucking November. Fanny's bringing her case after Merrick and we love her for it. And it part of it's just because of the marginalized identity shit. We just want to go up for a black woman. But another part of it is just, it's hard to bring these motherfucking cases for. It's a these niggas are so dirty. And you gotta pick your your poison of like, do I wanna take the time to gather everything for a federal conspiracy to overthrow the government? Or can't do I and, and then risk it in court? It's always a risk with a sitting with a fucking uh former president. Mm-hmm. Or do I wanna try 19 people at the same time which definitely won't be done by the time the motherfucking uh by the time the election is coming around it won't be done like you're not gonna try 19 people on 14 counts or whatever in a in a courtroom between now and november of next year so i'm just saying it is weird because i've seen people try to skirt around the merrick garland credit but it looked like this is just how fucking long it takes sometimes. None of these people were especially faster than Merrick Garland. And holding a fucking hearing is not the same as putting a motherfucker on trial. No, different not. rules. It's different. You know, diff- the things you're trying to prove, the evidence you're trying to gather, different rules for that. You ain't got to give it to the defense. You don't have to go run, run it by a judge. You don't have to see what's admissible and what's not. I, it all works in concert. And I just find it interesting to see the people who applied this, but then shit on Merrick Garland. You're telling on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I really think a lot of people, it's ego. They talk shit about Merrick Garland, and now they're afraid to just go, I didn't know what I was talking about. I told y'all he wasn't going to do shit. He clearly indicted this motherfucker, and I owe him his credit. That's is all you got to say. That's it. And yet, Yes, let's go, Fanny. We she don't play. Well, she took longer to not play, and her shit happened before the uh, Merrick shit, and she still took longer. Maybe it's just we should just give credit to the people trying to do the job, Ain't that and just admit it's a hard fucking job. Yes. Everything they're doing is unprecedented. Every yes. single. Thing. I know people tired of hearing that word, but this nigga did unprecedented shit. We've never had a president in offices was this goddamn corrupt. I just need one of them to get them. I hope they all get them, but if just one of them get them, That's I'll take that said. too. Just one. Just fucking, I just wish, like, I don't want to come on here and sound, because I, I hate the middle of the road motherfuckers that do the like, well, it's both sides. I hate that. I do. Because most of the time they say it and they don't really, it's because they don't know what's happening and they don't want to explain shit and they're scared to sound stupid and be wrong. So they'll just say, well, both sides fucking up and that makes me the smartest person because I see everything. This is one of those times though. There's an extreme left part of our coalition who somehow hate Democrats more than Republicans. Yes, I but, don't But claim it. to be for all the shit that progressives and Democrats are for. No, you're not. And yet, they bang on Merrick. They bang on Biden. They bang on Kamala. And they don't got that same energy for Trump. They don't got that same energy mm-hmm. for Republicans. And the, to me, they're useful idiots that serve 
the erosion of our democracy that served the erosion of goodwill that served the uh, account they, they, they undermine the accountability that we're asking for because they're not really asking for accountability because they don't give credit when credit is due right accountability works like this hey karen could you try maybe doing the dishes a few times a week and then karen starts doing the dishes and then what i say thank you i noticed you've been doing the dishes lately appreciate you I don't just only count the days she doesn't do the dishes to go. Well, well, damn! I know she didn't do the dishes this week. It's like, well, I'm sick and I had uh, I had to work late. And well, well, the dishes ain't done. <laughs> I mean, I, t- I told you, I thought you said you were gonna do dishes. That's how these motherfuckers are. And then the right, other seven days, the other six days a week, the dishes are done. Fuck you. That's just what's supposed to happen. What? And see, and I try to find it. This is how somebody get get. That's how you fights break out. Right. Because motherfucker. Well, hold on. Don't please don't take my example literally and start talking about the dishes. That's that's not. No 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 no. Okay. No 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 no. And 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 when I mean fights, this is how people fight online. Because somebody like me gonna look at them people go motherfucker hold everybody accountable. The fuck is this? Yeah, I'm like yeah, right. I feel you. And there's another roommate in the house that never does the dishes, and they don't say shit about them. Right. They just like that person is like, well, they just a bad roommate. Like nigga, what? We should let them be in charge because I'm mad you missed the dishes one time this week. Like, that's the that's the way that analogy fully fleshes out. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just thought you was going to start talking about doing dishes in the house. And Mm-mm. it's like, that's Mm-mm. not what I was talking about. <laughs> um, but right, yeah, it's like a, the dishes is not a problem. But yeah, I appreciate Fanny. Um, I knew she was going to come with it because she don't play that shit. Mm-mm. I'm glad that she not holding back because her shit is like, listen. I'm gonna try this motherfucker she made a whole as fast paragraph. as possible. <laughs> I'm gonna try this motherfucker as fast as possible and on everything. Mm-hmm. Like the other people, you know, Jack, I get why he's streamlining his shit. He's like, listen, this, we gonna get this motherfucker, but we need to, like, we need to make sure we don't miss. We firing three bullets that we think are gonna go in. And Fanny is pulling Steph Curry three pointers from 15 feet behind the arc. Like, listen, uh, I think I got it. Heat check. Yeah, you can get some too, Juliana. You know she's not playing. Nope. Um. So yeah, I love. I love this. I love this for us. I love this for everybody. Um. Let's see what else we can get into. Um. Actually, you know what? I would put this in LGBTQ news, but it kind of just news news. Okay. Ron DeSantis, you know, the distant, distant, distant second place to Donald Trump, the guy that you know wants to be New Coke. You know, the he want to be Trump light. <laughs> Um, he says, Hey, everybody, calm down. I've moved on from Disney and trying to destroy them. And um, I would appreciate if Disney would drop the lawsuit against Florida. Nope, kiss my motherfucking Mickey Mouse ass. Nope, because mm-hmm. bitch, if I do it, I gotta deal with you again. You gonna learn today. Yeah, he said, That's enough. I, I'm just. Mm-mm. I was just playing. But, but guess what? It wasn't enough when Mickey was like, dog, I just want to eat my cheese. I'm just chilling with Minnie. We minding our business. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we over here, and every day we had to deal with you, motherfucker, coming here, coming here, doing all types of shit, fucking, fucking with the people around us. Because, you know, we had a deal that was like, hey, we'll pay for our own police force, police department. We'll pay for this and pay for the taxes so the people around us, taxes won't skyrocket, and you want to fucking change the rules on us. No. No, motherfucker. No. 
But what we're not going to do is drop this goddamn lawsuit because you know what? The same heat that you had before, keep that motherfucking energy. I don't, I, I wouldn't change shit if I was Disney. Yeah, so um, apparently told CNBC last call anchor Brian Sullivan that he's not anti-Disney despite his long-running animosity towards the entertainment company. Look, my wife and I, we got married at Walt Disney World, and so it's not like we're opposed. I mean, we've appreciated working with them over the years. But I would just say, go back to what you did well. I think it's going to be the right business decision and all that. Then he asked the company to drop his lawsuit altogether which the company filed in late April. But where we are today, you know, we basically moved on. They're suing the state of Florida. They're going to lose that lawsuit. So what I would say is drop the lawsuit. Yeah, because that's what you say when you're going to win the lawsuit. You say, yeah, just drop it. This is a great place to do business. Your competitors all do very well here at Universal SeaWorld. They have not had the same special privileges as you have. So all we want to do is treat everybody the same. And let's move forward. I'm totally fine with that. But I'm not fine with giving extraordinary privileges, you know, to one special company at the exclusion of everybody else. He continued. He's referring to their special tax district, which has become a fixture of the feud. Yeah, which his problem was he tried to get them. But all these rich people, rich Floridians, live in that special tax district they ain't got shit to do with disney right they was like they're like bitch i donate republican i voted for you who the fuck are you fucking with right now right i got why my tax dollars got to go up because you decided to fuck with the mouse Mm -hmm. um and keep in mind disney is one of those companies disney capitalism right I, i always say i love disney capitalism not because i find them to be a morally virtuistic company no they're the they are exactly what i was told capitalism supposed to be mm-hmm. now i'm not saying the capitalism what it really is i'm Mm-mm. saying what i was told how cap you know when you learn economics in the fucking fifth Everybody sixth seventh money. grade they go capitalism works like this if these people have the money and they want a certain product you start making a product that those people will buy mm-hmm. and fucking disney is that because capitalism doesn't really work that way right in exercise we we normally see it be like well actually i'm not going to serve the black people even if they do have money and you're like but that's not what capitalism the way i learned it was if women have money you make things for women if men have money you make things for men if black people have money you make things for black because you just want all the money all the money and in that way while you are morally bankrupt as far as greed you are also kind of morally a non uh a, a non uh, a neutral you are morally neutral because you you don't care if it's gay people or the clan you don't give a fuck right you want everybody money so it, so disney is not surprising to me they donate to democrats and republicans right. they've given money to sent desantis's campaign they didn't give a fuck it's like if it like he gonna win give him some money so that he'll just keep the laws pointed towards us so we keep making money Mm -hmm. but he violated the rule yes he he, broke the contract he broke the unwritten contract he said when i get in office i if i can make a political gain a public relations gain with these bigots by saying y'all are the problem and knocking y'all for your stuff that y'all do that is inclusive and the stuff that y'all do for that is quote unquote woke well i'm just gonna do it because i hope i can catch trump in the polls Fighting with, quote unquote, the liberals and turning people into enemies and others is what worked for Trump and it's going to work for me. And it didn't work for him. And now his fucking state is getting sued by Disney money and probably about to get their ass kicked. Yeah, that's why he won't jump the lawsuit and I wouldn't drop shit. And there's also one of one of the things, too, to where 
as far as Disney was concerned, you picked the fight with us. We didn't. It, we didn't. We didn't pick the fight with you. We were literally minding our own business. Well, you what, picked Dis- the fight with us. So here's how Disney picked the fight with him. He said, "Don't say gay. We passing the law." And they said, "That's fucked up." <laughs> that was it. That was how they like. I don't like. They didn't really do anything. They just went. We don't support the "Don't Say Gay" law. And he was like, "I'm gonna destroy you." <laughs> And now he's like, oh, I was just trying to destroy y'all during when I thought I could be president. Now that it's clear I will never be president, guys can't, what? Why y'all still talking about that old shit? Y'all, y'all still talking about that lawsuit? I'm we like, come should, on, yeah, man. We, we share our, we share our, because guess what? You wanted to put, you wanted to put it, you wanted to uh, 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 use Disney as an example. Disney was like, well, bitch, we're going to use you as an example now to show any other Republican that come here and fuck with us. When we're just minding our business, let us just be in our own Disney bubble. We don't bother nobody. We take everybody's money. Just let us entertain fucking Floridians and everybody that spend but billions of dollars to come to this goddamn state. Leave us the fuck alone. Right. Now now you ask him about that, the go woke, go broke. Uh, you know, we gonna destroy Disney shit. Where? Like like like, like when you went like start call like you got those- nothing. He ain't got shit to say. But yeah, I think that's very funny to watch this motherfucker want the dogs called off of him. Mm -mm. Because at the end of the day, you know Disney ain't going to stop. They not going to stop because you scared them. You show what can happen if one man is petty. So they got to do everything they can in court or they're going to have to make you concede somehow to be like, this will never happen again. Business as usual. Because the mouse don't fucking play, dog. Mm. They just want to make their motherfucking green screen movies, collect a billion dollars a couple times a year, and recycle everybody's childhood, ad infinitum, and just stay in the money lane. That's it. That's it. Like somewhere in some fucking office, a uh, memo's getting passed down. It is not happening. The, the fucking head of Disney is sitting behind a desk right now. With a, with a motherfucking pet and a cat, with a with a with that's that's handcuffed to his hand, like Doctor Claw, just just fucking like like oh he finally folded. Mm-mm. And what they about to do? They about to go harder. You fuck around my Disney, they have all types of campaigns about your ass. Right, float through that whole goddamn state. And the thing is, I hope they set an example because. Bitch, you have destroyed that state. Everything about that state. You have just fucked the state completely up, fucking up the school system, just fucking everything up. And you fucked with the wrong one because the general public ain't got unlimited amount of money, but Disney does. Yeah. Disney somewhere like... Make an example. Yeah, Disney somewhere like, what's that about that shit you was talking about? <laughs> Come on, bitch. You think it's a fucking game? <laughs> you think it's a game. Now who's laughing? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I'll get in the last laugh. <laughs> Sick him, Goofy. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> no, sick him, bitch. What you doing? <laughs> Him yeah. and Minnie gonna be going on vacations and shit. Right. I will see you in court, motherfucker. That's exactly what what, what the mouse is saying. Uh, my he was like, My cheese is low. I got low right. cheese. No one's got more cheese than me. I'm a fucking mouse, bitch. I never run out of cheese. You shut your broke ass up. 
I'm gonna own this country, this whole state. Um, uh, in other beef news, well, actually, you know what? No, before we get to that, this is also kind of related to LGBTQ news, but not really. Okay, so it's like we're doing LGBTQ news, but we're not really doing it because it's it's not it's not directly related. But a um, top evangelical says. Churchgoers now view Jesus quotes as liberal talking points. A one-time top official with the Southern Baptist Convention has warned the American that American Christianity is in crisis with some churchgoers viewing the Church of Jesus Christ as nothing more than liberal talking points. Russell Moore, now the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today, explained in a Tuesday interview with NPR that partisan tribalism in the U.S. is infecting the evangelical movement and that he is alarmed at the number of self-professed Christians who believe the Bible is and its teachings are subversive. Moore told All Things Considered host Scott Dethrow that uh, his moment of clarity was the result of having multiple pastors tell me essentially the same story about quoting the Sermon on the Mount, the par- parenthetically in their preaching, turn the other cheek. To have someone come up after and say, where'd you get those liberal talking points? This, the chicken's coming home. Yes, this has is. Is long been brewing. A lot. This is what white evangelical Christian it, it, white supremacy yeah, is in America. It's, it's about hate. Your, your Jesus is as liberal as you are and as conservative as you are. And the stuff that people cherry pick out of the Bible just happens to always coincide with what they already want to believe. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that Bible was used to say that black people can't marry white people. You know, don't forget how much that Bible was used to uh, to reinforce slavery. Mm-hmm. Don't forget how much that Bible was used to keep women in their place, tell them to be silent. Yep. All that kind of This is the same book. It's whatever society was on, whatever people was on, whatever the people in charge needed that book to be is what that book has always been for people. So to have a pastor come out and say, yeah, we can't even say what Jesus said. Without people being like, whoa, 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 slow down. That's that go woke, go broke shit. You know, this 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 that liberal Jesus. I don't like this liberal Jesus. Uh, what is this? Everybody got to get along bullshit. Right. What about this Black Lives Matter you talking about up in here? Right. All them parables and shit that Jesus was talking about. Right. They're like, nah, dog. Nah, I don't think so. I don't believe in none of that. I don't think so. I don't think not. Jesus wouldn't say that. Mm-mm. Jesus said, turn the other cheek and love your neighbor. Nah, I doubt it. Mm-mm. Pretty sure Jesus said, give me an AR-15. I'm going to show you something. It's like, the what? <laughs> what? I don't even know if guns was invented back then. What are you talking about? You don't know if they were invented back then, Ken? The, the AR-15 in the B.C.? I'm, I'm, they weren't. I'm just now. I'm just helping you out. They weren't. I know. I'm. I'm just joking. Mm, okay. I'm, All right. Just, just, you said it too. Said it too. Too much confidence. It sounded like. I, I think you believe Jesus had a gun. No. Be honest, Karen. No. It's, it's no. Okay. I, I'm just saying that I could okay, see somebody. All right, okay. All right. Never mind. If, no. If you say if you said that Jesus don't have a gun, I believe, I'm just saying. You know I know what no guns made back then. I could see somebody arguing with that pastor saying that dumb bullshit. They would have had a hard time getting him on the cross if it was guns. guns. (laughs) They would have shot him through the hands. No nails. No nails. (laughs) They was like, I took care of it. He would have came back on day three. 
Okay, I reload that. <laughs> you motherfuckers think you big time? Fucking with me? You gonna die big time? It gonna pain. That would have been awesome. Actually, I would watch that. Passion of Christ too. The, the Mel Gibson, you you uncanceled for a little bit. Well then, well then, Judas wouldn't have made it there. Oh, Judas getting shot first. <laughs> no, the first one down. Judas, Judas ass gonna be the first motherfuckers smoking out here. Is that Judas I see? Right. Dog, I think that's the one that snitched on Jesus. Right. Jesus Wick. <laughs> Coming to you. Jesus got them hands for real. Oh, man. Someone moved a rock from in front of the cave. Wait, who's coming out? Is that Jesus? Jesus, you back? Yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> I need a gun. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I just, I think that's very interesting that, and this is just the nature of America. You've gone so, you've gone so ridiculous mm-hmm. that now it is actually <laughs> so stupid, but it is now Jesus who's too progressive for the church. Right. It's honestly so ironic because that's, uh, if you believe in the religion, that's why they killed him. No, nobody. I'm by they. I don't mean Jews. I just want to clear this up for anybody right in with some fuck shit. I mean it the Jamie Foxx way and the black way. The reason they killed him, not Jews, just they, the people who collaborated to kill him, whoever they were. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's not what we're taught when we're in church. Mm-mm. The reason he was killed is because. They were like this motherfucker shaking the table. He's he saying too, too much. He coming. He coming in church, turning over tables. Right. He out here talking to the hoes. What is what is this foolishness? He not scaring the hoes. He not. No, he did not scare the hoes. He out here feeding people. And now think about it. We've come so far that feeding people is a liberal value, right? Mm-hmm. That's taking care of your community. Not stealing is a liberal value somehow. Uh, not judging people, loving people where they are, not being for violence. These are li- these are now liberal val- values that these conservative motherfuckers would love to s- kill people for. They literally yes. would love to crucify people for. They want to see danger and harm done to Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that Jesus supposed the good version of Jesus supposedly stood for. And they're like, keep nah. that shit out of my church. We've come full circle. They would kill. There's Jesus. They would kill Jesus again. Yes, they would. The church would. Not nothing to do with Jews. Please don't write in. Uh, m- let's talk about another uh, execution that's happening. Have you heard about this Melly Mel Eminem beef? No, you've been telling me, and I was confused. I okay. All right. No problem. Uh, so Melly Mel is one of the like original rappers. Um, they did a 50 greatest rappers of all time list because they wanted to, uh, billboard.com did this because they wanted to honor hip hop's 50th anniversary. There's been a lot of celebrations of the 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. of hip hop. Yes. And so Melly Mel comes in at 48. Uh, Melly Mel is a dude that goes like he's old school hip hop, like the the Furious Five. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he 
Real old school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is some like back in the day type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no no offense. Mm-hmm. I you know. Because it evolves and changes like all forms of music. We're all gonna get old, mm-hmm. hopefully, right? So um we're talking about like the early eighties rap. Right. Um so uh he went number he was number forty eight on this list. Um and so, you know, uh, 1984, he made an appearance on Shaka Khan's Grammy win number three peak Hot 100, I Feel For You. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think he, yeah, he um, he also did uh, White Lines, Don't Do It, like the one that's about don't do coke, but in every movie we fucking put it to a montage of people doing coke. <laughs> okay, so he's 48. Eminem came in at number five. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, you know, I, I know how some people feel about Eminem, but that's not some ridiculous, crazy ranking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you could honestly, Eminem's the kind of guy that his career numbers, if you go just by numbers, you could make an argument he's number one. And it's not close, by the way, if you just look at sales and shit. Um, but I get why he wouldn't be number one. I, he wouldn't be my number one. But. No. I, I was a fan of Eminem. Yes. Um, I've, I've fallen off in a year, it's, and he's probably his. It, I don't. I don't know what he's doing now, but I would imagine his music's better now as far as like content because I felt like back in the day he used to really try to be edgy, mm-hmm. and he wasn't alone. Like hip hop, mm-hmm. hip hop by everybody is misogynistic, homophobic, and a bunch of other shit. Yes, it is. Um, but. but but yeah but people try to like single him out as misogynistic and homophobic in, in a weird like, way they all everybody was back then yeah that's what i said uh in a weird way they try to single him out and i i have some thoughts on why they try to single him out uh shortly i'll i'll just say it's the lowered expectations of black people like being like oh it's okay for black people to be homophobic and misogynistic but why is this good blonde haired blue eyed white man what now is he why, doing why would he be mad at women and gays and it's like yeah the culture's toxic as fuck mm-hmm. and he's a part of that culture whether you want to admit it or not he's there's a reason that he's it, it's funny because people will go like you know think his politics were lacking in some way and I was like he's the only political rapper on the fucking death row label mm-hmm of all the people they signed and all the people they ever dealt with, none of them talked about nothing but Eminem, the only one that's like no friend of Bush. You know, he's the only one made white America. Yep. They didn't even have like an Ice Cube type nigga on death row. They were just like, mm-hmm. nope, we, we only doing negative things over here. Anyway, so Melly Mel sees that he's number five, that Eminem's number five, and he decides, hey, I got to diss this man. Okay. Um, and so, uh, he put out a song, uh, that I'll, I'll play for y'all. Okay. Okay. And it's only one minute long. Okay. So it's short. So it's short. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can hear, I'll say it's authentic to how Mel, who Mel Mel is and how he sounds. 1984. Don't forget. Okay. 84. Okay. okay. It's the one. No apologies, this ain't a disclaimer. I'm the king of legend, the first Hall of Famer. Make a dis. Karen, were you saying something? I'm sorry. Mm-mm. Okay. Tracks, I know you with that. Now everybody get ready for the kickback. Why you hurt? Why you mad? Now you look back. 
bad Like a roach just crawled out of your book bag in a pack Cam, what's going on with your face over there? I don't understand <laughs> Ooh, honey Are you okay? Is- yeah, I, 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 I'm just listening Okay And this right here is very old school Okay, alright How old do you think Melly Mel is? From listening to this do you know want to listen some more? Then you can. I'll let you listen some more. Then you okay. can think about that. Clash, you lack class. Go to bed with no supper. Cause you gotta suffer the backlash. The top five is cap. You the piss just on the floor in the elevator of rap. Why you ducking on the game when you shit on my name? Why they put Pee Wee Herman in the Hall of Fame? I would. So he said, you know, that you the piss in the elevator of rap. Why you, uh, <laughs> why you ducking on the game when you shit on my name? Why they put Pee Wee Herman in the Hall of Fame? It's like a jungle on that side. Just maybe wonder why I keep. I was like, that's what I, I was like. The fuck is happening here? Is is maybe it's don't missing, push me. Mm, mm. Maybe it's missing some ha ha's. If you a pound, but I break your hand. I got the lawyer so white, he will take your land. Yo, check your man, come and look at your friend, cause I think that Eminem's popping pills again. We call him pills. So he brought up his, you know, Eminem's drug addiction. He said he got a lawyer so white, he'll take your land. You know, shout out to him for avoiding the anti-Semitism. He didn't go full, you know. Clinton or either Bill Gates. What pill did only take to make him hate the great? Think you are, but you ain't. Still, you made a mistake. Hit a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'ma give your fans one more chance to go online and re-energize that romance. After that, say your last goodbye. Cut before I put Matthew's likes out. I'm turning off the fucking Wi-Fi. Another little kid. Don't hate the great. More white chalk. More yellow tape. Who that? Who that? I love the hurrah at the end. That's nothing says 1984 like that. <laughs> oh no, the beat was all over the place. Was it a beat? He was just talking like I can follow the beat. It was old. It felt like 1984. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, and that's what it was. I like I didn't hear anything that you was like okay, like, I, and I guess. There was no steady, I couldn't find a steady tempo, if that mm. makes sense, because yeah. it was so much other shit that was overshadowing, like, the tempo <laughs> of it. Now, here's the thing, and I feel like this is where it gets complicated for people. As a person that actually listened to Eminem mm-hmm. and his albums when uh, he was running the game. Yes, I loved Eminem. You know, and when he was selling everywhere. Mm-hmm. As a person that respected his talent and his ability. Especially as a battle rapper, this motherfucker has a catalog. You can go, go to Spotify and put Eminem battle raps and or diss songs or beef songs, and mm-hmm. the list is long as fuck because he was always beefing with somebody ass because somebody always trying him because yeah. it's like a white person being good at anything black people do. If you go to a basketball court and there's a good white kid there, you know that motherfucker cold as fuck because. Ain't no average white people playing basketball in the black people spaces. Is now if you go to a YMCA and it's kind of mean, like maybe that white person could be sorry. But if you go to fucking Park Road Park and you see a white boy out there, buddy got game. That's just what it is. Real ballers respect it and real ballers know. And every day it's a motherfucker that's gonna test his ass too. They just gonna no white boy ain't gonna dunk on me. And it's like, oh, well, we'll see what Trevor does today. <laughs> right? Because let me tell you what Trevor did yesterday. <laughs> Dunked on a motherfucker. <laughs> right. You know? It is what it is, right? And I think as a person that really respects and grew up in hip hop, I'm I'm in a even as a race nerd person, I don't take it personally if the person is talented and good. No. 
and especially a person like Eminem, who's so smart and been in so many fucking battles, he's prepared for what you're going to say. Yeah. You're not going, very few people are going to say something Eminem hasn't thought of. Himself. Which yeah. is why they always fucking lose. And battling is not something you win on spirit or fun or whatever. Like, you win if you're just better than people. Ain't no, like, curves in battle. We don't go, well, that's good for a 62-year-old. That's not how this works. No, you know? and the thing about Eminem, people have selective memory when it comes to Eminem because Eminem was literally everywhere when he was at the top of his game. And, like, Stan... Like that stand song, like the stand coach we had today, all jokes aside, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That song right there literally is what stands yeah. culture turned into. If you into. say I stand Beyonce, then you low-key giving credit to Eminem yes. who brought that term into the game. But even more important than that to me is just it, when people battle him, and this is the mistake everybody fucking makes. I, I, I mean, I know it's hard not to make the mistake, but – Everyone jumps right to him being white, and then they want to discredit everything he's done as because he was white. And he will rip you a new one while illustrating, it ain't just that I'm white, homie. I'm fucking real good at rap. This ain't Macklemore. No, it's not. This ain't, um th- like, this ain't them rappers that, uh, Beastie Boys even, and, I, you know, there's iconic hip-hop white people. Yes. Uh, third Base. This the reason I'm bringing these people up is to say they do benefit from a double standard and we never call them out. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? In general, you don't see this as a complaint about those people as like and the reason why cuz they weren't dominating the game on a uh not just sales way, but on a like skills way. We'll never feel threatened truly by their interloping as, as visitors into our society cuz we're like yeah, I like it's why I, no offense because i know this person died but it's why niggas will go up for mac miller he's dead it's the same way white people go up for muhammad ali now he's dead he ain't here we ain't got to worry about him ever doing nothing problematic blah 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 Mm -hmm. but we wouldn't go up for jack harlow that way not not once not ever and i'm not saying you shouldn't go up for mac miller but there's something about the fact that he ain't here no more we can just we can love on him we can be like oh it's sad it's a tragedy eminem here Still alive, yes. still could talk that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking a shot at him is easy. And in a lot of people's list, they would rather have not one white rapper in the game or Eminem be real low on the game. And it's like maybe in your personal catalog, but that's not a realistic reflection of hip hop because this motherfucker is the biggest selling hip hop act of all time. And he changed and, the game. And the the main issue is he will point out it's because I'm white. So all the, that's what's fucking these rappers up is they keep thinking, I'll just point out that you're white. And he's like, yeah, like I do every time I rap. Like, and you can't be like, well, they just want to have a discussion. No, they're dissing him. It's a battle. You talking shit about, it's like me going, yeah, you know, um, I'm a heavier guy, you know, I'm fat. And then you saying, I fucking hate Rod's fat ass. And then being like, what? He says he's fat well you it's a connotation you said it to be mean to me (laughs) so i'm gonna address it when i say something back to your ass and the thing with him that's really particularly like a high wire act he can never bring up you being black Mm -mm. he can never he does have to fight with one hand behind his back because he better never oh there's a 
a tightrope he has to walk when he's talking shit to mostly black people over the years that he's battled with. It just is what it is, right? I think it's the reason that when he came into the game, it was so ingenious. He was dissing white people. Oh, Have yeah. you ever noticed the people he would shit on? It would be pop, pop, stars. pop stars, boy bands, uh, insane clown posse. He knew, I'm going to just leave. I'm not saying nothing bad about black actor, black rappers and stuff unless they say some shit to me first. Right. Because I know if I come in this game being like, I'll take down Jay-Z, everybody's going to look at you and go, uh, who the fuck you think you are, white boy? So he knows that. Nobody knows that better than him. Um, and so, of course, Eminem responded. There's a song with Easy, I don't know if it's Ez Mill, uh, Easy Mill, whatever. Uh, but we're here for Eminem. Eminem's featured on it. And... Um, yeah, I'll play something for y'all. Um, if I was in the village, I'm gonna skip past. No, 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 no diss to is, but I gotta skip to Eminem's part. Right, that's what we that's came for. Stop trying to be another By the way, he knew what he was doing because he got two verses in before Eminem came. I said, I see what you're doing, player. Smart. Let, let me get out the way. Smart. Now, not not let me get out the way. He stayed in the way too long. He was like, I'm gonna get two verses. He ah! know why we came. We came for the Eminem response. Like, I'm gonna have to wait. He was like, uh, hold up, play. I gotta drop 32 bars. Because I've really no right to complain much. Uh, Hip hop has been good to me, huh? Well, but when they say that I'm only top five, cause I'm white, why would I be stunned? Uh, My skin color's still working against me. What? Cause second, I should be the none. Being white ain't why they put me at five. Nope, it's why they can't put me at one. They come in with more venom. So I, already he's addressed the white thing and flipped it on him to be like, yeah, I'm white privilege blah 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 i feel what you're saying but i'm also white in a black world that i'm just a visitor in so even if i'm the best they can't say i'm the best because if you say i'm the best you're saying a white guy is the best person at, at rap that ain't never gonna happen mm -hmm. but i love how he addressed that elephant in the room already by flipping it to like nah that they being white isn't why i'm number five is why i can't be number one it's like it's like if you say who the best nba player of all time and let's say Joker had won eight rings eight years from now. We never going to say it's Joker. We're going to be like, it's Michael Jordan. It's, it's LeBron. <laughs> it's like, but Joker got eight rings. He averaged a triple-double. He got eight MVPs in a row. We're like, yeah, but it's, it's Michael. <laughs> Why? For reasons, nigga. For reasons. Not reasons, for reasons. But he got every stat. He got the most. Yeah, it's not that. We don't. It don't matter if you're the leading scorer no more. We changed that. He got the most rings. It's, it's different. It's about how the, the rings was got. Uh, <laughs> Not about he, how the range was he got. never lost in the finals yeah but he didn't do it uh, with the flu okay he never did it against <laughs> Carl Malone like we would change the rules because we never gonna let that happen in a black game and so I love how he flipped it so the haters I'm aiming it toward them And all the envious rappers I torch If I'm on a joint with them And that is the only retort Is I'm not played in the clubs Motherfucker put a cork in it Only reason they still play your shit in the club Is cause you still performing them Just, just filthy That's filthy why would you do that? Because he stopped first. I get why you did it. Punch him in the face. Yeah. The only reason your shit get played in the clubs because you still performing them. Oh, it's bad when it's when it's real. I am a guest in this house, but I turn this bitch to a mansion. That's an expansion. Made it gargantuan. England, Germany, France, and Japan's in this bitch. Even Dubai, because my music they do buy. You died trying to scientist two side guy. Just could not unscrew my head up the blue eyed devil. I never quit. Do I? Cause you know you get washed like a bar. So if you pussy, you wouldn't give a cigar to smoke. I know it eats at your heart like a.
fucking artichoke Because you know that's how likely you are to choke Your heart is broke as I rip you apart I go bananas proceed to spit every bar I I was spitting before my mother's water broke It's not even close, you bitch, I'm my father go Gen Z is acting like rap experts Sip up your gaps and close your Now this part here is really more about Twitter So he's like Gen Z is acting like rap experts it is because the revisionist history on social media, you know, like it's popular to like say he was never shit. No one ever liked him. He was always whack. Um, nobody was buying his music or if people was buying his music. It was only white people and all this other stuff. You know, it's, it's you know, like he wasn't co-signed by Death Row. Like Dre didn't have him on after, like Aftermath. Like he didn't sign 50 Cent. You know, it's like a very... It's just revisionist Twitter history. It's that information silo. We got our own reality over here, but not giving M props to me is not. To me, it just show you not really a hip hop head. I'm sorry, but it's like, oh, okay, so you just like you saying you didn't like him is totally different from like he had no impact on the game. Right. It wouldn't have mattered if he was like, oh, okay, so yeah, you just those don't. Are two different arguments. Yeah, you correct. So you just sound like you don't know what you're talking about to me now. Miles, yeah. bitch, you ain't been on this planet long enough to tell me how rap's supposed to sound. Y'all need to stick to what you do best. Shooting schools up, yeah. Go load up rounds in your parents' gaps and go to class and let off at the strap and go to town. Shout to the Furious Five and Grandmaster Flash, but boy, boy, there's someone who really is furious. Stay out his path, his wrath, avoid her. And I'll be the last to toy with a juice that his brain is like half destroyed, like a meteor hit it. Well, then with Melly Mel, we lost his asteroids. So, Melly Mel is a dude that's 62 and ripped. So that line about um, his head is like he lost his head like a meteor hit it. He lost his asteroids is him saying he's on steroids. Yeah, so it's like a little wordplay to be like, he, you're on steroids. Boy, there's someone who really is furious. Stay out his path, his wrath, avoid her. And I'll be the last to toy with a juice that his brain is like half destroyed, like a meteor hit it. Well, then with Melly Mel, we lost his asteroid scams. God was like, I got him, but I'm gonna start him at the bottom of the barrel, brought him in the world where the mother wasn't by him. And his father was a coward, taught him as a child when the fucking body was around. How to get himself up and out of poverty, and now not even a growl in his stomach, gotta be a hound. So they put your body in the ground, probably gonna sound like a cliche, but when haters try to get you down, say fuck him, cause I'm the realest in the biggest. So, yeah, it's Nigga, not close. had a beat flip and he sped and slowed <sighs> that, that motherfucker can goddamn rap. Yeah, I don't. And here's the thing about Eminem that's so interesting to me. If you hate him and you don't like him, if you don't say anything, he just will just keep doing his thing and not bother anybody. Mm -mm. He literally don't bother nobody. And it's been like that for years now. When he was on them drugs, Sometimes he would say some wild shit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I had this, we had this episode where I talked about him being on drugs and I was like, I feel terrible because I started not liking his music as he got clean. And I was like, I don't know what it means, but if I feel like when I want Mary J. Blige to get her heart broke, where I'm like, I shouldn't be, this is a horrible thing to feel as a person, but product wise, when you get dogged out, Mary, you give us bars. Okay. I hate to say it, but. Every single time I look up and I'll be like, oh, can do. No, no. Yes. Yes, can do. Because I know. Cause that album going to be flames. And that album was flames. Yes, it was. And the same thing for Eminem was like, when, you, when, the, when the articles are like, Eminem gets DUI, expected of being on pills. Eminem ain't show up to his daughter's high school, you know, Child, dance. This is a big difference between the two of you. I'd be like, oh, him, oh, him. So, so we talking about next time I'm gonna be bars, right? But you know, actually, actually, you know, it's great that he got himself like clean, sober, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I think it's 
is honestly very admirable um but yes yeah, you know i'm not gonna lie the music to me is less messy so i'm less into it but when you diss him he'll find he'll find the fucking time um but here's the part everything that's happened up to this point I, i'm like cool like mm-hmm. old school dude dissed him this is actually honestly for the 50th anniversary of hip-hop this is actually dope i think I loved it. I love, even if you think Melly Mel's diss is funny or bad, I love an old school 62-year-old black man still rapping, coming at Eminem, them having a battle, Eminem coming back. And then this happened. Melly Mel issued an apology. And he took the song down. He said, I acknowledge that my perspective was ill-conceived and I'm prepared to take ownership of this oversight. It has become evident that Eminem's dedicated and passionate fan base stands unwaveringly by his side, which is a testament to their genuine admiration and loyalty, a truly commendable aspect. From the onset, I've consistently recognized, I don't know if ChatGPT wrote this or not, but I'm just saying what Mm -hmm. it was saying. From the onset, I've consistently recognized Eminem's exceptional prowess as an MC without reservation. My unfortunate choice of words suggesting that his success is solely attributed to the color of his skin was in no way reflective of my genuine beliefs. It was an attempt, albeit misguided, to engage competitively within the MC sphere. It is important to acknowledge that the dynamics of hip-hop have evolved over distinct eras and it's inevitable that not everyone will resonate with my perspective just as I may not fully comprehend others. Throughout my involvement in shaping the hip-hop landscape, the cornerstone has been built upon a foundation of mutual respect even when personal preferences may differ. Moving forward, my paramount commitment is to foster an environment characterized by respect in every facet of my endeavors. With utmost sincerity, I convey my best wishes, extend heartfelt appreciation to Eminem for his recognition extended to me during his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction speech. So maybe, maybe that maybe someone put him onto that speech, and maybe that's maybe he saw that speech and went, "Fuck, man, I, I feel like a dick." I don't because I don't know why you apologize. It's just a battle. You might lose the battle, but you don't owe a nigga apologies. This is hip hop. I wonder what like something happened for him to be like, "I owe yeah. that man an apology." I don't know what happened, man. Somebody and, was like, hey, dog, like that was disrespect. Like somebody yeah. said something when he felt like he had to apologize. In conclusion, I'm king. And I don't even think Eminem's the type of person that would have took it personal. Because he been in too many beats for me to yeah. believe that this motherfucker's like, nah, for real. It's on site with Melly. <laughs> like he am like, yeah, he came at me. I dissed him back. And like, cool. That was the end. Right. In conclusion, I'm keenly aware that hip hop encompasses diverse epochs. And my objective remains focused on promoting the spirit of respect as we collectively celebrate the 50th anniversary of this influential phenomenon and also maybe it's just me do you think it's a generational thing because we grew we kind of grew up in a different age of rap mm-hmm. do you think a lot of generations be like why are you picking at eminem why are you coming at him and he just felt like it could be. i need to apologize i shouldn't have came at that man it absolutely we're, could of, be. we're of the age where you put some shit out there and it's just the end like nobody fight nobody got to die yeah it's like the end mel's from new york he's a pioneer i don't I don't think he owes anybody anything. Mm-hmm. I think even if he would have genuinely been like, I don't care it, it, who won the battle, man. Fuck that dude. I, I still would have been like, yeah, that's hip hop. It's yeah. Not everybody going to be friends. Nope. But yeah, I, I don't know I why he apologized. That. Yeah. So, something caused that. Yeah. Like I, it was all fun and games to me to the apology. I was like, well, what? And, and honestly, like any excuse to get a Eminem, battle verse i'm for it's it flames i'm like shit nigga like listen here and so this is the thing i wanted to say though because i was had this discussion on my facebook page and i realized 
do you know how you be talking and then you, you didn't realize you cared about something until you started talking about it? Because mm-hmm. I just, I liked Eminem back in the day. I never really, he was never my favorite rapper. You know, Jay-Z, Nas, Cash. Like, there was a bunch of people I liked more than him. But I always did take time to listen to his projects because I would yes. be like, uh, the motherfucker got bars. He's funny as shit. Anything he was featured on um, was Flames. And anytime he talked shit about somebody, it was crazy. And he's that one bar he had in here where he talked about anytime he on a Jealous Rapper feature, he would destroy them. I was like, he did, though. I mean, to this day, it's a running gag. But, I mean, he had the best verse on Blueprint, which is a five-mic album from Jay-Z and Kanye and and Mm -hmm. fucking Just Blaze and shit. Uh yeah, he that renegade verse is And I'm a renegade. Yes. One of the one of the illest verses of all time. Anything, anything, yes. And I think what happens is that there's people that Eminem's not on their purview. They don't have a repertoire of listening to his music. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, when you don't like somebody or you just see like this is a white boy, you don't go listen. So since you don't go listen, you might hear a couple singles, but you ain't paying no attention to what he be talking about. Correct. And so you have an assumption of what this person is doing that's not congruent with what they're actually doing. You can't be like, well, Eminem needs to address his privilege. Then you don't listen to his music. No, you don't. He talks about it all the it's time. It's almost yeah. like he addressed it too much sometimes. Like there's, <laughs> like it, there's, it's, it's that thing where he's skirting the line where he never crossed over the line. Cause a mat, I'll give you a great example of somebody that a white guy that did all the liberal things that black people that hate white people claim they want white people to do even though they don't really mean that they just want to not like the white people which i'm not begrudging y'all but that is the truth right it's that thing that people do to celebrities if you would have did it this way it's like you don't like this motherfucker and there's no way they could have done it yeah just tell the truth it's okay everything they do is wrong no matter what so fuck it but the macklemore won a grammy apologized to kendrick Mm -hmm. and people got mad at him and macklemore is the most i'm just a visitor in a black space he would attribute his success to white privilege so like he's like i'm a terrible rapper it's just because i'm white that people like he has no braggadocio about him Mm -mm. and in that way no well it's actually impossible for me to say this in that way i do not respect macklemore in that i'd rather because i like hip-hop i want the people to say i'm the best I don't want to listen to a rapper to go, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm just a white guy. And I just, hey, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, bad. I'm sorry, Kendrick. I didn't mean no problems. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad person, but who the fuck want up that? Y'all ain't going to them concerts either. So stop acting like there's a type of whiteness that you would support. Right. It's either you get grandfathered in like third base and fucking Beastie Boys and y'all, you know, the mm-hmm. people. It's like, well, they old enough now and they never really a threat to being on top of the game. So I'm going to go ahead and like them. Eminem was a goddamn fucking threat. Every yes. album, every single, you was like, this nigga finna take over the world again. And all my favorite black artists are going to either have to line up behind them or they're going to have to diss them or they're going to have to get down with them, but they definitely not coming in first place ahead of him. Nope, not even album sales, none of that. Nope. And the real problem for everybody was nobody spoke about that more than Eminem. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget that song, White America. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the other thing about Eminem. He hate whiteness. Like, 
in a in and not in a performative like I'm trying to be down with the like Afrocentric blood. No, he's like I'm a white dude that hates where I come from. I hate white people. I hate my mama. I hate my parents. He called out all the time. In his I raps. hate George Bush. I hate the like he was like if it's white, I fucking hate it. Like I hate the idea of white parents mad that they kids listen to me and I'm gonna torture them with it. Yep. Like hi, my name is is purposefully clownish and cartoonish because he wants the kids, white kids, not black kids. He was never rapping yeah. to like when I say he stayed in his lane and mind his business, he was never rapping to us. Like the only time he was, like he would talk to and I don't mean he was like, I'm gonna ignore black people, but I mean he was rapping to a general audience or white people in particular. Ever. That's right. the only time he would talk. And he never had no songs about stopping the violence or what black people need to do or none of that bullshit. Everything he didn't even have songs about and black people used to pick on me and make me feel bad. He don't mm-hmm. even have them songs. Nope. All his shit is just listen, I fucking hate white people and because your kids listen to me, I'm going to tell them to do fucked up shit because fuck you. I'm going to tell them you ain't shit. I'm going to tell them George W. Bush ain't shit. Them, I'm going to tell them the government ain't shit. I'm going to tell them your family ain't shit. I'm going to tell them their parents ain't shit. I'm going to tell them the jobs ain't shit. He, that was all he did. The first song out the gate. Hi, kids. You like violence? You want to see me stick nine inch nails in each one of my eyelids? Yeah, yeah. Right? I remember that goddamn song. This nigga, when he showed up with them motherfucking white boys with the uh the little kids with the same haircut with as him. blonde hair. And, and yes. I think it was MTV Awards, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. And they was marching behind him like a fucking army. Yes. Like the moms that hated him. Oh, he had senators and congressmen they were up in arms people have that selective memory about him right he's like a nigga they like blame for columbine type of nigga like, yes and 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 the thing is they uh, they wanted to the white people's obsession with him wasn't one of approval Mm-mm. it was one of like they made him a bigger star by hating him mm-hmm. like we're gonna boycott him and their kids would go we love this kid even more <laughs> you know <laughs> like like now i really want to be like it um, but yeah, it's, I, I, so with him having so many lines about being white, so many songs about it, so many verses that's like acknowledging, um, you know, I still remember on Renegade when he was like clearly talking to white people, cause this is a black ass album, black ass song. Since I'm in a position to talk to these kids and they listen, I ain't no politician, but I kick it with them a minute. And by the time you get down to it, um, where he says, uh, yeah, now who's the king of these rude, ludicrous, lucrative lyrics? Who put, who could inherit the title to put the youth in hysterics? He's using his music to steer it, sharing his views and his merits. There's a huge interference. They're saying you shouldn't hear it. He's clearly talking about it. Um, and the verse, the one I like, yeah. You see, he says, now, now, now. That's when you start to stare at who's in the mirror. Clearly talking about white people because he's white. And see yourself as a kid again, then you get embarrassed. And I got nothing to do but to make you look stupid as parents. You fucking do-gooders. Too bad you couldn't do good in marriage. That's not to us. Mm-hmm. White people getting divorced. <laughs> like it's like I said, there's a respect I have for that dude because I respect the high wire he had to act right. to walk, you know. He doesn't have any verses of like like what some black person did to me. He's like, Yeah, black big lips. Whatever mm-hmm. Karen be saying to get us kicked off YouTube, like <laughs> I apologize, YouTube. But it's but, uh, but yeah, I 
I, I I just oh my god that nigga he's so good and thank you Melly Mel man this is hip hop yeah, I really wish Melly Mel hadn't apologized to be honest man honestly yeah. it'd be dope if they fucking knowing Eminem they did a song together or some shit because right. I really feel like Eminem's him coming from battle rap is also a huge part of why um he understands the culture because he came in the animosity this him being white is the number one thing people talk about and it rolls off his back at this point right he came in in battle rap so he is not like you're never gonna hit him 30 years into his career like and what about you being white and catch him like oh fuck i hadn't thought about that one and it's a battle he not gonna take it laying down to be like that's gonna be the first thing they point out yeah but he's not gonna go well i do have white privilege thanks melly mel like guess i'll see my way out no need to respond to this one like what is do you respect hip-hop or not this what hip-hop supposed to be so yeah i really just wish mel hadn't apologized man that was other than that it was fun what a fucking fun wasn't it i mean i don't know how yeah, y'all got feel some about bars out of m&m so let's go yeah. like that i love when i love hearing rappers talk they shit mm-hmm. you know um and yeah, it made me revisit some old Eminem battle songs and diss songs and some of my favorite Eminem songs. So thanks to, um, you know, thanks to Melly Mel, because it really took me down memory lane. I forgot how much of a fan I used to be of that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I even used to listen to him when he was clearly on drugs and out of his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Like I, one of my favorite Eminem songs, and I'm not telling y'all this is a good song. It, I don't think it is. One of my favorite Eminem songs is... Um, Oh fuck! I want to say it's called Big Meanie, but maybe let me maybe let me see. Uh, let me make sure that that's right. Uh, oh, Big Weenie, Big Weenie. It's on Encore, which is one of the most like hated albums of his by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also when he started doing his own production and stuff, and the beats wasn't that good, you know. So I get it, but it's so fucking stupid and silly, and that fucking <laughs> Big Weenie makes me laugh so hard he sounds like Pee Wee Herman with like the way he's laughing there's nothing but jokes in it he's barely getting to the point of the diss like because it's about like I think Benzino and he's like he Benzino's a dude he almost never addressed because Benzino used to run the source Mm -hmm. and he wanted he hated Eminem and wanted he's well I don't even know that he hated Eminem if I'm being fair he was in a middling rap group called Made Men he made the source. That. He made the source give them motherfuckers like four and a half mics for their album, which was trash. And everybody bought that shit, going, "The fuck is this?" It source? killed. It killed the source's credibility. Mm-hmm. And then, in a penchant to try to get the credibility back, he dissed the obviously number one selling rapper in the game, Eminem. And he tried to come at him on some like "you a white boy" shit. And then he like uncovered like a old high school mixtape that he had made uh, in his basement or some shit. And it was when he broke up with this uh, black girl, and he did this fucking diss rap to this black girl. And it was it had racial stuff in it from when he was like fifteen or some shit. And so people was like, "Yeah, what about that?" But it was all kind of manufactured like we're we're gonna get Eminem we're tired of him being on the top and it's really not about that we didn't care about this black woman either because listen to the music we make right. it was really like anything we can try to get to stick we're gonna try to get to stick and it didn't work obviously Mm-mm. but um Eminem never really addressed them until Encore 
and it was on this big weenie song and it's the silliest diss song he's ever done it's like you're really jealous of me because you can do what i do <laughs> like it's so funny. Uh, remember that yeah. song if i'm not mistaken yeah I, I, it was man just ridiculous. Fuck, i'll play so. Clearly, he's clearly on some drugs. You're more just jealous of me because you, you just can't do what I do. So instead of just admitting it, you walk around and say all kinds of really mean things about me because you're a meanie. You're a meanie. But it's only because you're just really. It's so funny to me because it's just so Bugs Bunny. Like, you're expecting this man to come with like a super serious diss song. But it's like, I don't respect you so much that I'm not going to respect making a real song about you. Which is like some, I don't know, four-dimensional chess shit to me. Because I the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, he didn't really say anything. But I don't. the more I listen to this song, the more it grew on me. And I would just be like literal tears in my eyes every time. I, it's like you roasting them by, by saying I, I'm not even going to attempt to make a serious roast, you know? Mm-hmm. Of me, cause I'm what you wanna be. So you just look like an idiot when you say these mean things, cause it's so easy to see. You're really just a big meanie. Big meanie. Alright, listen, I need you to focus. I need you to go dig deep in your mind. This is important. We are going to perform an experiment of the soul. And by the way, almost the whole song is like preparing you that he's gonna diss you. Like it's not like the diss is barely in the song. It's it's a lot of <laughs> It's like, are you paying attention? I just said something silly. It's like, it's like trying to fight Bugs Bunny. That's why, that's why it's funny to me. I'm going to have to ask you to bear with me for a moment. Now I need you to open your mind to rise closer. You are now about to be placed under my hypnosis. For the next four and a half minutes, we are going to explore into your mind to find out why you're so fucking jealous. Now why do they make you pippity kaga poo poo? Psych, I'm kidding. I just wanted to see if you're still listening. So. <laughs> Yeah, you was shit like that yeah, through the it, whole song. You was like, you was he like, might as well I'm be listening. chewing on a carrot, going, "Ain't I a stinker?" And you ah! know, if he respected the rapper, he would have put a real effort for it. But it's like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't find you to be a person to respect. Correct. I don't even know if he says his name in the song. He doesn't. Anyway, oh man, I fucking love this song. But he's he's. Oh, I, I guess it's weird, but I had to give the Eminem appreciation because I think mm-hmm. people went too far. Yep, they did. I think it's perfectly like it's perfectly fine to be like I just wasn't a fan of dude. He is though. I I don't think he. Yeah. You know, it's fine. To, right. It's fine to bring up because he's gonna bring it up too. But it's fine to say, hey, I think if he wasn't white, he wouldn't have sold as much. And you know who'll say that? Him. He's like, right. I wouldn't have sold as much. He he has a lot of lines in a lot of songs about y'all fuck these white people fuck with me because I'm white. They don't fuck with hip hop. He tried to make D12 a thing. Yeah. Nobody that, supported D12 like him. Did that work? Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think, I mean, obviously, Proof died. And I was, you know, a fan of D12, Bizarre, um, Obi Trice, obviously, Royce. I remember Obi Trice, yes. Real name, no gimmick. And I I think he, you know, almost took it personal when it didn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, shit, Purple Pills is still a bam jam to this this day. It's still a bop. And it didn't work because people was like not, not these black people Eminem we just we just want you you know what yeah, I mean and it's like where's the five nine when the illest motherfucker is like yeah but we we just want you okay we know we can't we're not gonna dance to your songs in the club but we want we only yeah. want to listen to and you. Eminem was like but they talented they, they were public was like don't care 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, this is a more conversational episode, guys. Uh, it, it is. I did. I don't know if uh, we're going to wrap up. Uh, a good... now I have a couple more things that okay. I want to talk about. Go ahead. Uh, the number one thing I want to say is we went to see the Ball Brothers. Tour. We did. Is that what you're going to bring up? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <sighs> guys, I'm a professional here. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> it's like uh, I've done this job before. You know, just trust me and I'll get you there. Matter of fact, let's make a commercial right now. So, we went to see the Ball Brothers tour, mm-hmm. uh, and that's like the reason we heard of it is because of Kev on stage. Yes, um, you know uh, he's been promoting it. I listened to the Here's the Thing podcast. Yeah, I got them tickets when they first went on sale. Karen is a, um, a Patreon member. Mm-hmm. We uh, get them first. She's she's part of the stage crew. Yeah, you know, I'm um, official stage crew member. I was like, oh, you coming to Charlotte? Bought. Right, and so um, they came to the Blumenthal Center for perform- uh, Blumenthal Theater for Performing Arts, and keep in mind that they were in the Night Theater. It's the same theater we're gonna be in. Yes, um, and and so that was like a a cool like I didn't even know that at the time. We this is before we even invited to perform there. Right. Um. So Karen bought these tickets as soon as they went on sale. She got tickets for her mom and dad. They got stuck in traffic. Because there was a Panthers, Panthers game, game happening at the same time. And I think it we came in early because there was a we bought VIP tickets so we could meet, do a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. Um and what what I found interesting is like the Panthers game must have been letting out when my parents were coming in or the roads were closed or something. Mm-hmm. But what was fucked up is like <clears throat> it was letting out early because the Panthers were getting smashed. Yeah, so people were probably leaving earlier than normal. Yeah, so my parents could, got stuck in traffic and didn't make it. I would have loved for them to be there. Me too. But uh, it's all good. We had just went to the, you know, Beyonce with my mom and stuff. Um, <clears throat> and then I want to, I forget the opener's name, but he was so funny. He was. Um, and I know Tahir was the dude that went second. Went, well, so you have your opener and your MC. They come in and come out. Y'all know that. Mm-hmm. He started off with like about 10 minutes. He was fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. He was he was amazing. I don't know if that dude tours with them everywhere they go or right. he was just from Charlotte. Correct. Either way, dude was on point. He was very fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Really won the room over, got everybody to loosen up. Uh, Tahir... Uh, I think it's the other dude's name that went first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was hilarious, and yeah, he to hear more. He was funny as shit, um, and very like uh, he, he. I think in a weird way because he was kind of like edgy and had a lot of energy. You know, very great very for high. a black crowd. Like yes. you know, th- he had the sweat towel. He humped the stool. You know, like. <laughs> yes. he, he was gonna give. He was gonna give you what niggas want. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came out and he, and he had. I won't. I'm not gonna ruin anybody's Mm-mm. jokes. So I'm not even gonna say any specific jokes. But he he had like those jokes that had people going like uh, laughing in spite of themselves. 
Yes. Like, oh, that might be too far, but fuck, it's funny. All it's right. It's funny. I, got I guess I'm laugh. laughing. Yes. Oh, okay. Fuck, I guess I'm a bad person. I'm laughing. And then, so he leaves. Then Kev on stage is the next person. And Kev was in his bag. Whitney, though. You know, I think also being down south, the crowd being kind of a churchy crowd, uh, Kev doing, stepping in and out of like churchy bits, but it wasn't just like going to church. You know what I mean? Like, I think it wasn't just relying on the fact that you all went to church, right? It was like, no, these jokes are just fucking funny, but then also uh, church, like, references that were popping up sometimes. Yeah, somebody said Keon Peel. Keon. I, I, don't, I don't remember which order he was in. Keon Peel? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Okay. That may have been, yes. I, uh, okay, I, I'm trying to Google him. I'm seeing yeah. Key and Peel. Uh, K-E-O-N Peel. P-E-E-L-E. That's the way they have it spelled in the chat. Oh, I don't think that's him now. Okay. But uh I'll I'll look him up. But mm-hmm. uh anyway, um he so they were um uh now y'all got me looking him up and I'm not finding them. Lee does somebody okay. Miss Mar says L E O N E Pool. Yeah. Leon Pool. Okay, I thought that sounded different. But I'm even yeah. I'm still not seeing a comedian named Leon Pool. Okay. Um so maybe uh i don't know but he was hilarious i I really wish i remembered his name i'm sorry that i don't because he deserves to be mentioned because emceeing is hard as fuck yes um so uh yeah it's it's just he he was great um and then like i said you had your church up like uh jokes and stuff but then it it wasn't just relying on church it was actually funny you know what i'm saying like i hate to to put it that way but like there's a way where you can be like listen i'm gonna just rely on the fact that everybody here know church expecting a little church stuff so i don't really gotta be funny i'm just gonna make a few church references they gonna laugh and i'm gonna get off my stage get my money right but kev had some jokes where i i really thought he was like pushing the envelope as far as like um content wise you know i'm i I like kev as a just a person because i think listening to here's the thing and just you know seeing not just his work ethic but um like the consistent commitment to improving and branching out and Mm -hmm. being more and more yourself trying to be somewhat like more authentic trying to um trying to find a line between being yourself and being for other people it's hard it really is and he's one of those people that I saw like come up on the internet and then have people just start disliking him almost out of nowhere. And a lot of it's disliking like what they think he represents, not what he talks about and what he says, but like, correct, you know, because especially when you start talking about church, it's a lot of trauma around church. Yes, it is. And there's a lot of people that, you know, have felt done wrong by church. And so a lot of animosity comes out about what they think you must really mean or you secretly, no matter what you say, feel this way or you remind me of somebody that felt this way or, right. you know, and so, you know, he's a dude that I he gives me hope for people that you know grew up churchy and in church that hey man you don't have to stay in the 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 white supremacist bigoted headspace of church no and we need people to be examples of that so that people can loosen the fuck up because you know i know he doesn't curse or whatever but he's not even say like nigga and stuff so like it's 
seeing him and actually he did curse on Drake the Maniacs when he played He did. They didn't know how to handle that. He played Charlie hilarious. Case, you know, uh and his acting, you know. So I, I and I appreciate that he went there for that character, you know. But the point being like I really respect like his work, the stuff that he does, but also just the kind of person he's trying to be and the transparency or at least you know what a the 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 authenticity of it like where it's like this is how i feel this is what happened this is how this made me feel uh this is what you know and and i think also seeing him experience both sides of call out culture is good mm-hmm. like i i really became a fan of his after i felt he was unfairly kind of chastised on twitter for some shit cuz it was just like celebrity of the day that we going to be mad at and right. it was like Okay, so now people are putting out their real feelings they've always felt about the dude. Whether they fit or not, they were going to make it fit. Right. And seeing somebody go through that is, you know, it sucks for them. But as a person that does this for a living, it's like, how are they going to handle that? You know? And so I like the way he handled it. Um, And then, like I said, to see him do his thing and be in his bag, be in his element. Oh, my God. It was like... You know, I was hopeful that he was very funny, and I but I'd never seen his stand up like before, so I was like, you know, it could also just be a super churchy experience, and I'm and I'll be like, oh, it's just not for me, but you know, I'm glad all these church people are having a good time. But no, I was Mm-mm. fucking dying the whole time, like from the from the beginning of it to the end was, I mean, yeah. people, it was a ball. The, the stuff that he did, and I know it's the thing where it's like crowd work in quotes because i i know mm-hmm. he's not big and he's like it's a joke but it kind of involves a person in the crowd yes but the stuff he did about the dude and how men don't compliment each other fucking amazing yes, i love it the show i love that's my favorite segment like all the stuff about church and jesus and stuff is cool but my favorite stuff was all that stuff um and then to to finish off the night tony baker goes last yes now here's the other thing that one tony buck is a monster like just a comedian that's been in the game for a long time i watched him on the headliners on hbo max or max i guess and cindy castillo my co-worker from game theory and stand-up comedian he i watched it because he was on it and then you know i seen tony was like oh tony on here too and tony's a fucking monster mm-hmm. he's from the beginning so to the end funny. yes and that was my first time seeing him live yeah first me time, too yeah. yeah but um i but i knew i was like going into this i was like i wonder who's gonna be the closer because i thought maybe it would be kev because right. you know stage crew is you know kev is the person that most people are kind of being introduced to the tour through mm-hmm. he has his huge fan base and i think a person with more ego would have been like, well, I gotta go last. I'm the motherfucker, da da da. And instead, it was something so beautiful about the synergy. It was of not, even the merch, like mm-hmm. the bakery crew, the like mm-hmm. the way that it's like a unit, yeah. and that it's not about ego. Mm-mm. And I, I don't know because I haven't heard Kevin talk about. It. I haven't talked to him myself or anything. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Kev said. Tony, you gotta go. You gotta be the closer. What, like, let's like in what you're the monster. You've been doing this longer. You know, I got my shit. I got my audience. But like, I you're you're the guy. You too. And if you don't close, it's just gonna feel weird. It's gonna feel right. like 
the like I'm like I'm going last just because I'm I, I want to go last as opposed to like you're going last is the most senior experienced mm-hmm. you know funny motherfucker on the tour like you gotta go yes and it was such a great call because Tony it fucking kills he killed it like uh, he had some jokes I he had some perspectives I had never really even thought of before but them shits was funny I when he got done this is the second you know second time I've seen him but when he got done I thought I just watched this man do like 45 50 minutes and it's just on how he's the biggest strongest scaredest nigga on the planet yeah and I felt seen I can relate my man I was like yes I do be scared <laughs> and but, the whole thing is just scared of this, scared of that, scared of this. What you going to do if this happened, all this shit? <laughs> I, like I said, I'm not burning anybody's mm-hmm. bits, but I just can't recommend it highly enough. If they coming around you, please go. We ran into a couple fans. We did. And our fans are so fucking polite, man. Like, one of them was sitting next to us and wasn't sure she was supposed to speak. <laughs> I'm like, was, what? No. I was like, we're not that special, baby. Right. We don't got no security. Right. Just pull up on me. She was like, can I, can I have a picture? I was like, sure. Yeah. And there was another fan. We didn't, like, because we were all being seated, I don't think it, right. we had time to take a picture. But mm-hmm. I would have. I would have, but too. But there was one. She was sitting like a row behind us, and she recognized us, and that was so fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, if y'all see us at that, you know, speak, it's fine. We're not, we're not. You know, mm-hmm. gonna bite your head off. Uh, we're not gonna go on the internet and make a thread about you guys. It's fine. We're I humans. Promise we won't. We're not. We're not gonna be like in a fan. You know, Mm-mm. how dare they? She one of them like apologized. She's like, I-, I hugged you, and I'm sorry I didn't. Ask. I was like, Yeah, I- she apologized. I was like, Baby, I was like, <laughs> I was like, If we weren't trying to get to the seats, I probably would have hugged you. Yeah, I don't know what you heard, but <laughs> I promise you, it's fine. It is. Yeah, I'm not one of these. Uh, you know, I'm not declining people to ask permission to hug but i'm not like oh god don't touch me like i'm Mm -hmm. not like that so anyway it was it was so fun and his fans honest to god they're such a great fan base aren't they though like just feel the energy the whole energy was high great energy so fun ready to have fun ready to have a good time i didn't feel no judgment i'm there i'm not churched up i'm drinking you know, I'm cussing. Oh, yeah. Other people was I, you know, the other comedians was cussing. Yeah. It wasn't in, like you never heard anybody. Go, oh, 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 you know, I didn't expect them to talk about this. Like it wasn't any of that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it was a good time. I really, I, I, if if you're if you're out here listening to the sound of our voice and you like our show, I really don't know why you wouldn't go check out the 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 the, uh, the Bow Brothers tour because it's just that fucking it it it, it is did not worth. they did not miss it they, was a good night it was a great night it was really fun uh if you can do the VIP please do do them do the VIP because it, it was worth it uh it was a really uh fun and, and it was like night. two hours mm-hmm. like I don't know if they meant for it to be that long or they just got got a hold of them or what but. I mean, like we got out of there like around ten, and it started at like seven. It was supposed to start at seven thirty, but it was a mix up where the venue said eight or something. Mm-hmm. It was weird, so I don't know. Anyway, it got started around like about eight, mm-hmm. and then um, they gave they gave us about two hours of show, and which and like funny laughs, face hurt. You know what I mean? Like it was good. So yeah, definitely go see that. Um, another. Th- 
Go ahead. I'm about sorry. to say, yeah, and I, uh, when we got to do the pictures and stuff, I was telling Tony, I said, we got to get you on the show. And Kev was like, yeah, I'm surprised Kev remembered us because I had. Po- oh, yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, because yeah. I had posted uh, what I had. Well, actually, no. I wasn't surprised he remembered us, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, because, you know, he's so busy. I mean, I know he came on the show, but it's one of those things. Where, come on the show multiple times. Yes. And it was, uh, I had, remember when I had, I already have, y'all know I got my Beyonce tickets in forever. And then I got the Kev on stage tickets uh, before they even went on sale, like to the general public. So I was like, I get to go see Beyonce and Kev on stage like the same week. And he was like, oh, word. I was like, yeah. And I'm surprised he remembered that I had put that out there. Yeah, I wasn't surprised he remembered because honestly, he genuinely seemed like a dude, a good person, and he's remembered and talked to us, mm-hmm. not just on the show. He's DM me and stuff. Um, it was funny when we took the picture. He's like, "Oh, y'all made it." And I was like, "Oh, of course, like of course we're gonna make it." But he was like, uh, "He said, uh, I, I told Tony because you know, as uh, I know, Kev's been on the show, mm-hmm. so I told Tony, I was like, hey, uh, Sydney Castillo's my coworker from Game Theory. I saw you on the headliners. You're so funny." And uh, Kev's like, yeah, he wrote for Game Theory. They got a podcast, The Blackout Tips. And uh, <laughs> and he was like, uh, man, it's a good podcast, too. I would have stole. I wish I came up with some of it. I, I would have stole Guess the Race or something like that. <laughs> yes. And it just made yeah. me start laughing. He was like, if y'all, if y'all would have been white, some of that shit would have been already stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, man, it was just like a really great experience. It was um, fun. And really lived up to my expectation. It actually it superseded my expectations. It did. I didn't know what to yeah. expect. I I'm, came for a good time, but yes. like it was better than a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Kev. Shout out to Tony. Shout out to Tahir. And, man, I'm so sorry I don't remember the opening brother because he was fucking killing it. Yes. Uh, for some reason, I cannot and, remember and that, that dude's that name. That job is so fucking hard i'm mm-hmm. i'm so upset that i don't know his fucking name oh god and i wish they had like an order or lineup where you could kind of i've tried back. googling yes. it you know mm-hmm. um but yeah just oh go see the ball brothers comedy tour if you can yes. um and then the other thing i wanted to bring up to drapeto maniacs uh ep- so last week an episode dropped we were obviously seeing Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have time to talk about it, to mm-hmm. put it out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And then this week, part two to that episode dropped. Mm-hmm. I wrote these episodes, part one and part two. Obviously, collaboration, people punched it up. There's mm-hmm. parts and stuff people changed. But I'm so proud of this. You know, people work really hard on this episode. There's some, some, some kooky, wacky concepts that's happening. You know, if you listen to, to 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 me, you know I like I like breaking the third wall and fourth wall and all this shit, and um, and so in the first episode, uh, you know I'm introducing the concept of Black Heaven, and it's this revolution where they like kill some white people and all the people got killed at the end of the revolution, but they up in Black Heaven partying and they talking the you know the mic and it's so you know that was so fun and there's a lot of bars and jokes and lines and stuff in there um about it and because of the collaborative process the, the I'm feeling everybody out and I'm still getting a feel for how to write for the show even even now and so when I submit shit I it's honestly a little too funny for what we be doing and I and I have and I'm starting to learn like oh okay less is more hold back on the comedy more on the narration and all that stuff mm-hmm. but 
these people that work on the show, they got me. So mm-hmm. if, if, they if make it need, adjustments. Yeah, if it uh, needs some work once it's out of my hands, and I prefer this, by the way. When it's out of my hands, I don't even want to see what y'all change. Mm-hmm. I like to go and hear it on Tuesday and be like, yeah. oh, they got they added this character. Oh, yes. they did get this joke. That's a lot. The main line. Yeah. Now I feel like every time I heard that song. Yeah, I did. And I now I did. That was me. You know, <laughs> the main line is a concept, the jokes and all that stuff. Um, and so that was fun. Part one came out, right? And like, that's the other thing is people's interpretation. You got actors and actresses taking on these roles. Mm -hmm. And so some people, they, it's like, it's like, I hear it exactly as I heard it when I wrote it. And I'm like, this actor nailed this shit. You know, like there's a black exploitation person that I put in part one. That's like talking like, ain't no jibber jabber jive talking. The turkey going to talk, talk to me like that without getting a slap upside the head. You dig? And the person did it so good. I was like, Oh yes, this is what I wanted to hear. And and, and they nailed that shit, you know? Um, And then part two came out today. And uh, if you'll notice in the title of it, first of all, they got Yvette Nicole Brown. Yes. Yvette Nicole Brown one of my favorite people for a very odd reason. She's a great actress and all that stuff. I love her, but I love her the most. Oh, and she'll come for your neck on, on Twitter. If you come at her wrong, I love that too. Uh, she, she destroyed Isaiah uh, Washington. Uh, we, we covered that on the show. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think we play Ether under, but I'm a big fan of hers, but I'm mostly a big fan of hers because of how she used to come on the talking dead Yes. And she took it seriously. And she oh, had notes. She took it seriously. Everybody else was bullshitting. She was like, no. Yes. And I and I and you know how much we take The Walking Dead seriously. So seeing her take it seriously, I was like, my kinfolk, okay? You and me, we will never part, okay? Um, and so to have her voicing this character I wrote, Helena Crane, who's like a detective for the first 48 of the future, and also written off of the Horatio Crane of CSI Miami thing so that, you know, there's puns and there's music um, that comes under the puns, you know, and, and, and she did such a good, I like, it's honestly a dream come true to, to like write something that Yvette Nicole Brown, Yvette was, is like voicing, uh, uh, guys and she's so funny she killed it she got the timing on the jokes right oh so good i love her then if you keep listening and you get close to the end of the episode you might hear a voice that you're familiar with (laughs) because if you look in the title of this episode it's not just featuring yvette nicole brown it's also featuring me (laughs) and i don't know just I don't know when y'all listen to it because everyone that's listened to it so far has come and found me on social media to specifically be like, oh my God. (laughs) And I've done other voices on the show, but this one was like the one that I like, I I was in here getting it and I had to record it three different times, three different ways. And it's hard because like, you'll hear it when you hear it but let's just say i had to do that stuff and then they had to figure out how to lay it down Mm -hmm. so that the audio worked right right um 
but yeah, man, I, oh man, it was so fun and so fulfilling to hear that final product. And I worked so hard on that shit and I'm so proud of it. And it's a team effort. So a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people contributed and I still do hope people get educated by it. Mm-hmm. And also it's, been. it's a tough, it's really a tough topic to talk about. Cause we're talking about a lot of fucking like in this episode, I mean, this is kind of like when I talked about sundown towns on drunk black history, this is one of the more, you know, like harder episodes to do. And I'm attracted to those things. Um, so, um, I, I'm, you know, I, I knew it was tough to write and I knew not any, I don't think anybody else wanted to write it and that's fine, you know? And then it grew. It was like, not one, it's going to be two episodes and you got to come up with two different storytelling methods to to do it. It was a lot that they asked for, but you know, I pride myself on kind of being easy to work with. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm proud of what I did and I have more episodes coming by the way. That's just, you know, that's just the first two, but, uh, yeah, man, it was it's fun to be a part of that project, and I hope y'all really do go listen and let me know what you think, man. Because I really, you know, I I, I had a good time recording it, and uh, I think it was uh, I think it's gonna surprise people um, when they hear the way that it went at the end. So I'm trying to think, did I have anything else I wanted to? I think I wrote some stuff down, but I can't remember if I had Ball Brothers. Oh. We'll probably talk about this more on Balls Deep or maybe if we do an episode tomorrow mm-hmm. and fuck it with black people. Okay. But so Michael Orr, the football player from the movie The Blind Side. Yes, that bullshit. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. So he is suing the family that claimed they abducted, abduct, uh, adopted him and then they sold the rights to his story to this movie. And in the movie, they make him seem like he is a mentally disabled person that they took in and, you know, saved his life. You know, Sandra Bullock played, I think, won an Oscar for playing this role. She did. Of this woman who's like, and you know, and we, I feel like black people, we've laughed at this movie for years. Yes. You know, to this day, I still laugh. I was like, even if it's true, it's funny. Yeah, the scene I laugh at is still her cussing out drug dealers and getting back in the car and leaving. Right, like, that's not realistic. I was like, man, this is white people fantasy, you know? And I'm not even a a hater of white uh, savior movies in that way as much as I'm just like, this shit ain't happened this way. Like, like, I'm like, it's a good movie. No way this shit happened this way, right? Very few white saviors in real life, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Turns out he's suing them now. Said the adoption was a lie. Um, Said they got him in a conservatorship thing. With, with the same conservatorship. Thing, the same thing Britney Spears is yeah. under. Right? He wants out of it and all this other stuff, right? And he's had a book coming out and all this stuff. Anyway, this story comes out. It's trending. It's, it's super big on Twitter, right? Suddenly, I remember. Wait a minute. Y'all remember the amount of um times i've said on this show about a sketch that i always wanted to do and it was the racist oscars mm-hmm. and i was like i would like to see an oscar given out to every white person who didn't play a white savior no they played a racist in the movie you know, and they use, I'm just meant any movie, not sports movies. I just meant any movie. But my guy that I wanted to win was always Alan Tudyk. 
for 42. Yes! Because Alan Tudyk took the racism serious. He, he understood he, the assignment. Yes, he did. He killed that role. I loved him in that role. He was in his motherfucking back. He was like the first person who said, you know what we should do with this chicken when we cook it? What if we spin it? What if we rotate it? That's how he did the racism in that movie. I said, boy, this different. This some succulent, juicy. How you get this race? How you keep the moisture in this racism? Charlie was top notch. <laughs> like it was so, it was like, yeah, nigger, nigger, nigger. Like it was bad. It was yes, bad. He was in his bag. So that was the idea. I've said it on the show multiple times and I always crack myself up laughing. But at Game Theory, we had these things called interstitials. Basically, we couldn't call them sketches because uh, some shit at the top. It, mm-hmm. Don't worry about why we couldn't call them sketches. But we had interstitials. It was supposed to be little things like, you know, your sports calendar for the month. And it would be jokes, you know. Mm-hmm. This is the month you forget that the NBA is on, you know. This is the, you know, June 17th. That's the day that you uh, thought you were going to get the day off for Juneteenth. But it's actually the 19th, you know, something like that. Like, mm-hmm. And so we had a bunch of these, you know, presidents flubbing names of people at the White House and mm-hmm. da da da. And so it was coming up towards Oscar time. And I, we had submitted so many interstitials, some getting made, some not, you know, all this shit. And I didn't pitch my, my racist Oscars ones because I was like, uh, they, t- there's like a bit of a like, we don't want to do too much about race. We don't want to make everything about race. And it's the black guy doing a black show at night. And then it's going to be like, are we pigeonholing ourselves, blah, blah, blah. But I told my coworkers about the idea. And as I'm talking, they're like, we're helping me to refine it. I said, what if we made it just only sports movies with the racist, you know? And then they were like, you need to pitch this idea. And I'm like, real? For real? I was like, because, you know, um, I think it's funny, but then these motherfuckers might shoot it down because, you know, rejection is a big part of what we do. Right. And they're like, no, you like Tommy Elena convinced me like this is because they were dying laughing at the concert. And I yeah. said, well, shit, if it's that funny to y'all, because I'm still laughing. I laugh at my own shit all the time. Right. But if y'all like dying laughing, I'm like, OK, cool. We got something. So the way it worked, I went to the Brock, who's like the video, like one of the producers on the show. And does a lot of the video stuff. And I pitched the idea to him. And he's like, he started cracking up. And he, like, got the idea right away. And I said, you know, he said, well, can you come up with a list of these movies with these people? And I said, yeah. So I, I'm pitching ideas. I'm asking my coworkers and all this stuff, my other writers. And, you know, we come up with a list. And I send them, like, a couple, like, this YouTube clip, this clip, this clip. And, of course, Alan Tudyk is my one. But. Brock probably rightfully so was like that's too far and yeah. he never told me it's that yeah, too yeah, far we had to rain it back Brock's yeah. a white dude but let's be honest uh the white sensibility is probably gonna be the one to go with for the show we were making not saying white people get the last word but for the this will make white people tighten their buttholes up and not laugh versus this will at least allow the white people to laugh right. and so he had edited that clip to something else and mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that clip never worked with Alan Tudyk because the one I, I needed him saying nigga, 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 nigga. And instead it was him being like, all right, then. Like somebody called him a piece of shit. And he was like, all right, then. It didn't work. But we went and got all these clips. And then everybody wrote, you know, like 
we had to like another round where we had to write descriptions for the people in the clips. And then it was back and forth between like producers and stuff deciding if they liked it. At one point they were like, we can do this every week for different like white saviors and white this. And, and then, you know, eventually and at one point they was like racist animals in the thing. And it was like, I'm like, y'all are losing the plot. But <laughs> you know me, I, if I'm in a meeting, and there's a lot of creative ideas. I'm normally just going to be quiet. I don't normally defend my ideas. Right. I'd be wanting to, and I can, I can explain it to you, but I normally don't get attached to the idea because everyone wants to have their imprint and you get a little too attached. Sometimes it can get, I don't know, it can get belligerent, you know? Yes. Where, 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 but I, it's like, I knew I, I knew the idea would work exactly like it was, but when you work on a show, you see the idea so many times you start overthinking it like, well, maybe it's not funny or what what if we take it to another level and i'm like like at one point they're talking about what if we said airbud was racist or something and it's like that only works if you know about the original idea of the racist people in the sketch yes so no one's gonna laugh at us calling airbud a racist dog unless we've done a sketch before correct about the racist oscars so they have a foundation yes anyway brock put this thing together we pitch it a certain way and then just serendipitous, ser- uh, what is it? Serendipitously? No, it's not that word. It's uh, what is it when some things just kind of line up? I forget what it's called. Um, anyway, it lined up coincidentally. Not that coincidentally. It started with an S, but I can't remember it. Okay. Um, it it lined up. I feel like John Cusack was in a movie with the name of this. Anyway, I'm sorry. It lines up. <laughs> it lines up the Oscars. Yes, serendipitously. Thank you. It lined up that the Oscars were coming up the week after my I pitched my sketch. Mm. Meaning the time to pitch to do this sketch was that week. Right. And it killed in the room when they played the clip, but it needed some work. You know, I knew it needed some work. Mm. And so I wanna say we and they weren't gonna end with Alan Tudyk. And they were trying to figure which clip to end with. And I think it was Bo because Bo hates the blind side. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was either Brock or, or one of the writers pitched all two hours and nine minutes of the blind side as the most racist thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what ended up being the lander for the sketch. Mm-hmm. So now, months later, Michael Orr sues the white people from the blind side. Mm-hmm. And I I went and found like the, the, the clip online and I shared it in a tweet. So I said, we were giving you privacy. We don't miss. I'm about to play all two minutes and two seconds of this shit. I don't blame you. If, it, if they take it off of YouTube but y'all never hear it too bad. But I, I got to talk my shit. Uh, so this is the sketch. And, and it's an idea I came up with. Speaking of things that might be racist, the Oscars are this weekend. (laughs) And if history is any indication, this year will be another amazing celebration of amazing performances. But we here at Game Theory think there's some white excellence that's actually being overlooked. Welcome to the Boscars, the award show that honors the greatest moments in sports cinema. Tonight's category, best racist performance in a sports film. And the nominees are point guard who knows all lives matter, Glory Road. You think it's easy being on this team? Taking a backseat to you every day? We're the minority. 
Apartheid Ted Lasso, Invictus. Who is it, sir? It is that terrorist Mandela. They let him out. Remember this day, boys. This is a day our country went to the dogs. And Brock was so good about placing these reaction shots from celebrities. Yes. Morgan Freeman clapping at the Mandela joke. Perfect. Aryan Racer, Cool Runnings. You have no business here, Jamaica. You and your stupid friend playing like your box letters. Yeah? Why don't you tourists go back to where you came from and leave the box setting to the real man? Mahershala Ali, stone faced. Mr. Your Skin is Your Jersey, The Express. We've been waiting for these, I know it. There you go, Pee Wee. Put it on. Uh, I'm sorry, boys, that's all there are. Uh, don't worry. The other team won't have any trouble recognizing you. And finally, all two hours and nine minutes of the blind side. Cedric Bullock not clapping. And the award goes to all two hours and nine minutes of The Blind Side, a movie where a scrawny white boy teaches a black kid how to play football using food jars. Congratulations to The Blind Side and all our nominees, because without these movies, white people would think racism is a myth. So, yeah, I like it was such a like dope moment. Like I shared it and now this clip has been uh liked almost nine thousand times <laughs> on twitter it, my mentions have been blowing up for a couple of days it's a bunch of like you know i can't believe this show ain't on the air why the fuck they cancel game theory man fuck hbo like it's a lot of that shit they, that's not happening they didn't miss they always called it you know and so it feels a little bit like vindication to be able to do that mm-hmm. so like between this and drape to maniacs like it's been a, a nice feeling of a couple of days of people appreciating the work that i've been doing so Yay. yeah good stuff man all right that's it we're gonna wrap up this is a talky episode uh no real segments and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh we might do an episode tomorrow depending on how we feel yeah depending on how we feel uh okay go ahead. i know uh one thing i'm still a little still a little tired uh I don't know how long the, the Beyonce Hayes wears off, but I'm still, like, I'm functioning, but I'm not, at, like, at 100%. Yeah, I was so talking to Janisha for Tea with Queen of J, and she was saying it took her, like, a week to get over her Beyonce hangover. Right. Honestly, but this, so, once again, this is the difference between me and a lot of people as an introvert. I'm recharged by being back home. I'm like, oh, no people? Shit. Let's go. I want to do an episode every minute. <laughs> you know? But now Karen's all tired from all this, like, she was fucking supernova people in and shit and now she's she's done i was you know? honey i feel like we could have took the night off we could have took tomorrow off it's, it's up oh, to that's you fine. but uh yeah so all right maybe we'll take tomorrow off maybe you won't hear from us and uh well we had a lot of stuff to talk about i'm glad y'all heard it and uh friday is balls d sports for the premium people yay and uh yeah that's it you know so all right until next time i love you i love you too Mwah.